Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. If you really want to be one of the best brewers there is... I stopped uh, dressing all in plastic. You better be brewing five to six times a week. A beer, every beer, is made with love, and it begs to, to be appreciated. I need something to kill the salmonella I'm kind of worried about in the eggs. Do you find that uh, that the hops kind of clash with the uh, chicken embryo you put in there? <laughs> well, I might sleep here tonight. It's a California <laughs> king. There's plenty of room for both of us, Beavis. Yeah. How many of the brewers over there have seen your ass? That's Clearly. it. Someone's getting cut tonight. All I yeah. have to say is, hey, McDonald, how you doing? <laughs> no. Live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. All right. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us and uh, joining us here on The Session, live from the Hop Grenade, lovely Concord, California. I feel like Concord's been particularly lovely lately. I don't know why. Weather-wise? Ah, weather. The people. It's the people have been so nice. Everybody's nice. You're just comparing it to Martinez. Is that what it is? Yeah. I did see. I did see one of the first homeless guys I've seen getting arrested in the park this week. Here at, at that was a daily occurrence in Martinez. But well, they didn't arrest him. Yeah. Well, they, they did. They, they beat more on just, him. They, they, they nudged him. Doc. They, just, they gently, uh, you know, pushed. A snuggle struggle. <laughs> yeah, he was laying down. Uh, so <laughs> he was a good guy. I could tell from afar. All right. Well, we've got a show planned for you today. <laughs> Good. Planned and unplanned. Well, yeah, we had we had a show planned, and then it, then it then we replanned it. Unplanned itself, and so we replanned a show for you. Yeah. That's professional. I've always actually we always end up with a. This should probably happen more often that a guest <laughs> really? can't make it because. To, in my opinion, the shows end up a little better. Um, we're going to do uh, some old-school homebrew information with Doc today. Yeah, uh, I know I told you last week that we had an author coming in here, but uh, for whatever happened, uh, he became confused. Uh, <laughs> either with a typewriting the, accident. Either, yeah, I, I don't know. Either with the location or the timing or both. Um, I know he's a writer. You can't expect much from these guys. Um, so we just thought, well, you know what? Uh, I've been talking to this uh, to Doc about this uh, 
this beer he's been working on for a while, and I kept telling him, you know, Doc, this is a great topic. This is this is some old school Doc stuff here that I think when you're ready, we should we should do a show. And so I called him today and I said, so guess what, Doc, you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it was yesterday, the day before, you said you're talking about it, and they said, oh yeah, we should probably do this. Why don't you call Moscow and you can book it and get that done? And yesterday, I'm, I'm bottling beer, going, oh, I should probably book it and post procrastinate like I usually do. Yeah. But now we're ready. Now we're ready. I, I did push for the uh, uh, a no beer topic at all. You guys remember when we had a guest bail in like 2011? We did the no beer show. We did. You guys remember that? Remember we listened to my grandpa's voicemail for like oh, half an yeah. hour? <laughs> and we ended up with this gem. That's Google Mail. When he was explaining what Gmail was. Oh, that's right. Uh, and so I, you know, that was one of my favorite shows we ever did. But uh, yeah. everyone else probably not. And they insisted on the, do a beer topic. Right. Yeah. So we have a great uh, homebrew topic. Basically, Doc had been working on this beer, uh, a Baltic porter to be specific, and it had a bit of a stuck fermentation. So Doc being Doc, that he couldn't just leave you know bad enough alone. Yeah. So um, he went to work on it. We're going to learn tonight about how a home brewer or even a professional brewer might fix uh, a stuck fermentation mm-hmm. rather than throwing out a whole bunch of beer. Great topic. Which I'm against, as you know. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm always against it. The carpet sucker. <laughs> That's right. Unless you got a still. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's always that, but you know, most of us don't don't have no. that. No, they're illegal. And even those that have it, they only have a hypothetical right. one. Yeah. So, well, and they well, use it for making water, distilled water, yeah. distilled yeah. water, which is which is just an essence. Right. Oh, it tastes so oh, right, great. Yeah. Mineral spirits. Things yeah. Like you that. Know, you know, plant essences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oils. Uh, nothing like ice cold distilled water. Am I right, guys? Right, oh, that's yeah. the best. Yeah. Homemade, too, leaching those nutrients out of your teeth. It's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's just perfect. Uh, all right, so we do have a lot to do today. Uh, in spite of not having an official guest, uh, we're also going to continue with our American Homebrewers Association Governing Committee candidate interviews today. We've got three more candidates to interview today. Uh, if you're a American Homebrewers Association uh, member, you should. Pay attention and vote for your uh, favorite governing committee candidate. And we're going to interview all 10 of them uh, over the next couple of weeks. And so you'll have a, a, a very informed decision, right? And um, we've got three more for you tonight. So hang in just a couple minutes and we'll get into that. I announced last week that we have a new Drunk of the Week phone number. I know that people were upset, feeling like we canceled drunk of the week entirely which we did which we sort of did but we only canceled it in its existing form you know in 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 that present form but uh you can always still call in drunk and we may or may not take your phone calls but now you can call in drunk 24 hours a day uh those of you (laughs) yeah those of you who those of you who don't have a job or at least don't like your job uh 855 win dotw that's right 855 win drunk of the week is the hotline you can call in anytime day or night and leave us a message and then we'll play them on the program and still maybe vote for drunk of the week nicole i'm gonna be uh a little annoyed if i don't hear a message from you within the next at least you know week or two. Oh man every drinking night i'm dialing that number oh yeah put in your speed dial right now 855 win dotw Susie, you got that down win drunk of the week 
<laughs> you, you can just have that number dial Doc yeah. randomly and dial just see, see what happens. <laughs> I can forward it to any one of us at any given time. Maybe on Fridays, on, on certain Fridays, I, it should forward to Doc that if you call DOTW on like every third Friday, yeah. you get to talk to Doc. Friday, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. 2, 2 a.m. Yeah. That would, Doc, you'd love it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, the problem is Doc would talk to these guys like right. they're old friends. I'm glad you called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I, I gotta take this. <laughs> yeah. I've got a bone to pick with you. Well, that works. But what what also would work is if it just randomly dialed him because we know he's gonna be drunk. True. Oh, if it called him. Yeah. I see the hotline calls him. You know the hotline. Hotline call yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it should bump him every now and then. Yeah. yeah call yeah. in the number. We know we got some good material just sitting here waiting <laughs> to be <laughs> uncovered. 855-WIN-DOTW. Leave a message anytime. We'll play it here. You can still win Drunk of the Week that way. Uh, a couple other announcements for you. So... When we built the hop grenade here in this location, we ordered all this awesome furniture, and it didn't all fit in the grenade. We over-ordered. It's a, awesome. I moved it isn't three it? times. You, you yeah, Doc <laughs> helped us move. Um, we, had, uh, we had big eyes. We were like, oh, we can easily sit 350 people <laughs> in this dining room that's 900 square feet. Well, and we also loved the furniture so much, I think, that we were like, yeah, more of it. Well, how could right. you go wrong? Well, um, you can. <laughs> so we have too much. We have these awesome uh, laser-etched hop grenade mm-hmm. chairs mm-hmm. that we thought, well, maybe some of our listeners would like to take a little piece of the hop grenade home with them. So uh, email scott at thebrewingnetwork.com right now, scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Rather than pay for storage for the next several years, yeah. we thought we'd uh, <laughs> try to off some of these guys on, on you people. How many we, are we could available? even sign them. There's quite a bit. Can they get a whole set? Uh, yeah, you can do a set. Basically, what we're doing is one for fifty or two for eighty. You know, so that's uh, you know put put your own set together that way. If, oh, you, yeah. want, if you want four, it's going to be one hundred sixty bucks. But yeah. they're super high quality. In fact, uh, the cool ones shit. that are they're yeah. really cool. The ones that are on our floor have been getting used and abused for six months, and they're still in perfect condition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're really cool, right? Chase, they're got really the- cool. I, uh, yeah, I would email right now. Uh, so Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Uh, just send an email. To him. you got to be local. Oh. All right, guys. I mean, I do apologize. Can you be a podcast? We can't <laughs> ship. Uh, <laughs> we want a couple of tasty? Uh, you can't. We can't. I don't want to ship this stupid thing. That, that's going to be a whole lot. Be How so many just, do you have? If you're local, I want to say 20. Yeah, something like that. Oh, okay. Um, Tables, too. <laughs> we do have some tables. The oh. tables aren't branded Hop Grenade, but they're beautiful. They go with it. Uh, we do have some amazing tables. That it's just if you're interested in any of the stuff, uh, but the Hop Grenade chairs, especially for you listeners, just email Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. He'll take care of you. We'll figure it out. Yeah, if you're opening a bar with an artichoke with a, a pin logo, <laughs> yeah. um, I I told Scott, he's like, so can I sell them to anybody? And I said, well, yes, unless they own a bar. Nobody who owns another commercial establishment <laughs> yeah. can, can buy them from us. Yeah. Do, do they have to sign a non-compete for the next five years? <laughs> if you buy the chair. Yeah, you yeah. cannot open a bar. <laughs> have you, yeah. until have you seen the new trend as uh, uh, shed pubs? People build a shed in their uh, yeah. backyard. Oh, yeah. It opens up as a pub. I have seen that. I'm, I'm itching to build one of those. I feel like I need <laughs> one in my backyard, too. I saw it right away and went, I'm pretty sure I have room for that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> perfect for these chairs. Yes, that's yeah. right. Oh. 
Uh, Jay, don't you already have a shed? Right? <laughs> you do. I do, but it's not much of a brew. It's one of those, like, tin, you know... Corrugated tin, yeah. Lawnmower shed <laughs> right. is what He'd I have. He'd bang his head on, the, on that thing every time he went in there. Yeah. No, I'd have... You gotta start fresh with no, this. I see. These things are beautiful. They're, Some of them are really nice inside, and they're not very big, and... Yeah. Open up onto the patio. I mean, it's kind of silly. They're like a dollhouse for adult dudes. Like They're literally just like a miniature thing that opens up entirely so that you then have a bar sitting on your on your patio. Some are a little bit deeper. You can go inside, and they've got dartboards and things. When you've been married for 20 years, you'll take what you can get. It just opens up for you, and it's so deep. You can just be inside it. That's what I'm saying, yeah. It's really yeah, kind of ridiculous. For, yeah, it's for old married dudes. Because yeah. Yeah. They, they never leave home. Yeah. Uh, all right, I got to get through a lot of stuff here, so let me keep going on these announcements because we need to get to our AHA interviews. Um, BNA Ten, our tenth anniversary party that we're doing along with More Beer and White Labs. It's their twentieth anniversary, so we're doing a ten twenty twenty party in San Diego during NHC Week. It'll be Wednesday. Uh, June 10th in San Diego. It's going to be at Broadway Pier. You can go to bna10.com for information. There's not a whole lot of info there. We haven't put tickets on sale yet, but that's where you're going to go get it as it comes up. But but save the date. It's June 10th. It's a Wednesday. Uh, we're going to get you from the conference hotel in San Diego, which is, I believe, the town and country over there, uh, to the event and back like we always do. But we're going to throw one hell of an epic party. So save the date, Wednesday, June 10th. But what are the, what are the times? It's, I'm not I, sure ish. yet because we're working on the VIP hour, but uh, ish, 6 to 10, ish. Okay. And maybe 6 to 7 will be like a VIP, and then 7 to 10 uh, will be the rest of us. So we'll figure it out. Also, Tasty, myself, Nathan, and I believe Nicole will all be at the Blue Bonnet Brew-Off. Uh, which is just coming up in a couple of weeks. You can go to bluebonnetbrewoff.org and check it out. I will be the keynote speaker, which means... What's that mean? I have no idea. I don't know. You're going to bring a whole new meaning to it. Oh, man. You? I'm not even sure I'm going to wear clothes. <laughs> uh, I hear these guys like to party, and I feel like I'm just... Uh, maybe I'll just... I'm going to go for a shock and awe. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, won't be, they won't be listening to what you're saying if you're not wearing any clothes. To be I mean, shocked. just right. be shocked. Yeah, do probably we, not in awe. Do you, no. mean, <laughs> do you mean that you're going to pic- picture the audience with no clothes? Because yeah. I think that's how it's supposed yeah, to go. Is that say, what it is? I was oh, going to say that. Shit, I got that wrong. I went to school for this too. Uh, I got that backwards. I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's going to be great. I'm sure of it. I think what I'm going to do, since I'm pretty sure the only reason I'm the keynote is because Vinny canceled, is go and take a video of Vinny speaking for a few minutes and just oh, play yeah. it. I'm just going to hold my phone up there with a video. Of Vinny get speaking. a cardboard cutout of him. <laughs> It'll be the best speech you ever yeah. gave. Oh yeah. Uh, How long do you have? I don't know. A day or two. Like oh, it's a, it's a day or two away. Uh, no, I mean I, they want. Me, I have to speak for like eighteen hours. I think. <laughs> oh wow, so, uh, that's what they told me. That's a lot of content. Yeah, that's what I thought. You're gonna have to video Vinny sleeping too. I guess. <laughs> and I'm just, sure that if people will drunk. be riveted. <laughs> right. <laughs> you probably just start over every hour, and nobody even notice. <laughs> yeah, just on a loop. Let's face it; they're not going to be it's paying attention. <laughs> huh? Hell, you uh, won't be paying attention. That's right. So I'll be the keynote speaker. I'm actually really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Go to bluebonnetbrewoff.org. Nathan is going to give a Tech Talk over there. Tasty's going to come hang out. Hang uh, out. That's what I do. We're going to have a great time. Uh, so still tickets available. BlueBonnetBrewOff.org. It's in Texas, if you didn't know. Totally work. 
coming up this weekend, our Brewing Network Collaboration Brew Day with Quaff at Heretic Brewing Company. And a bunch of us are bringing out our brew gear to do that. We've got some people coming up from San Diego uh, for from some quaffers, obviously. Quaffers. thought it'd be fun to do some collaboration beer as we go to their hometown for NHC and get ready to compete once again for <laughs> Brew Club of the Year, Homebrew Club of the Year. Uh, I'm brewing with a quaffer. Uh, Mike Sardina is going to come up and brew with me. And I know that some other, squ- other quaffers are coming out. Beardy's going to brew. Yeah. Tasty's going to brew. Yep. Danny Deneen is going to come brew and, like, roast a pig or something. Uh, is Beardy going to brew on, like, the main system and just laugh at all this? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I, I could fill yeah. all of your carboys, but it's all for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just stand up on the top on the gantry just looking down. Yeah. Silly animals. I, I told Chris that I was going to use our heat exchanger to, to knock out with my 10-gallon batch. I think I might fill up fill it up halfway. And he, he was not happy with that idea. Because I think he was also just finding out about this Saturday when I was joking about that today. Oh, really? Yeah, so he's he's, he's real excited. He's in shock and as, awe. As you can, you're right, exactly, shock and awe. You can be kind of bitchy. Yeah. Well, we're starting there. <laughs> yes, you did. I think anyone's welcome to come hang out. The tasting room will be open. Yeah, there'll be mm-hmm. a food truck yeah. there. Uh, yeah. There'll be a food truck there, yeah. and we'll be hanging out brewing. That's we're great. all going to get there around 9.30 in the morning and start brewing. Um, but we're, you know we're going to end up there till 4 o'clock or so, and uh, I forget what time the tasting room opens. But uh, uh, Noon. T- noon, okay. Yep. But if you wanted to come out into the parking lot and hang out with us brewing, I'm sure that's okay, to, too. Uh, see my yeah. home brew system. Uh, tasty, a rare occasion, bringing his home brew. like you hate remotes. Yeah. <laughs> We haven't seen you remote in quite a while. It's been it's years. Been Twelve years or something. Ah, uh, cool. Long? long time. Well, I'm long really time. glad you're doing it with us because I think it's for a good reason. And then we're going to get to share the beer with everybody down in San oh, Diego yeah. we at need the quite conference. A bit of beer, I guess right. Yeah. Is, okay. is it going to be poured at the BN booth? So that way we get is all there the an event already No, decided? we're going to actually set aside a whole separate collaboration area, possibly oh, cool. during um, one of the hospitality suite hours or maybe oh, at club good. night. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure where, but we're going to get our own little plot of land just for this collaboration situation. Oh, nice. Um, which is why I'm really excited that so many brewers are participating. Nice. So, uh, so Tasty, I'm glad you're you're whipping it out for I, us after 12 years. Um I'll bring the medication. We'll see if he still's got it. All right. I also need to make sure that you know about Morbier giving away a trip to NHC 2015. All you got to do is go over to morebeer.com. You can click on the big image right there on their homepage and enter to win a chance. It's a trip for two. You and a friend. You and a spouse. Uh, you and somebody you just met. I don't really care. Uh, get down to the National Homebrewers Conference. You get two full conference passes. You get two VIP passes to BNA 10 2020. Oh. You get uh, flight and hotel. You get almost everything except for maybe a handy from Chris Graham. I don't think that's in the no. list of things. That's probably negotiable. But I, I would ask for it if yeah. I won. Well, we, we can't say no for sure. I'm not going to speak for him. No. I'm just no. assuming that it's probably not on the official list of things you yeah, win. Yeah, theoretical. Um, however, all you have to do is go over to morebeer.com, click on the big image that says win a trip to NHC, and I, it looks like you can enter once a day, so you can enter multiple times, all the way up until April 15th. And so that's a lot of chances for you for you to win, and there it's a... Man, they're paying for almost everything for you to go, so it's a pretty cool thing. With, with everybody they, getting in the lottery... 
And if you win that late, can you get a refund? You can. I'm glad you asked that, Beardy. Uh, They've listed in the rules here that don't worry about it. If you're concerned and you really want to go to NHC, go ahead and buy your ticket. Get registered. Those can be refunded. Oh, no Uh, kidding. Yeah, the AHA is willing to to work with more beer on this. And uh, if you end up winning... Uh, your your tickets can be refunded. That's awesome. Great. Yeah, so go ahead and buy your tickets if that's you know if you know you want to go, and then maybe you're going to yeah, end up with a free, room, free trip anyway. Exactly. Um, all right. So so do all that. Okay. Uh, Amazon shopping. Just hit the Amazon link on our homepage. Uh, we have one quick. Yeah, I'll make it. It's uh, the Funko Pop uh, Doctor Peter Venkman from Ghostbusters action figure, and it's one of the creepiest fucking things I've ever seen. Look at that, Jay. It's like a. Uh, it's the, the anime style Ew. with like the huge eyes. How do you even know if that's Peter Venkman? It just looks uh, like he's a alien. wearing a Ghostbusters unitard. <laughs> I don't it. know. Yeah, it's very weird. Whoever bought this, you're a real freak. How much was it? Nine dollars and forty nine cents, which means we probably made about eighty cents. So. Uh, you know, thanks. Keep buying them. We will yeah. take your freaky right. dollars, my friend. Yeah. Thank you for supporting us. Anybody else can do so just by clicking the Amazon link on our homepage and then shopping as normal. Get all these uh, updates and more over on Twitter and Facebook. And send your show ideas to Scott the Jew. That's Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send feedback over to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Been getting a ton of show ideas lately. So thanks. You guys are awesome. Keep them coming. Love it. All right. We're about to get into our AHA Governing Committee candidate interviews. Yes, Nicole. Oh, you have a Twitter game for us? We have a Twitter game. So JP and the Beave are oh. off. Uh, well, they're on vacation. Do we want to play our normal game where we guess where they went on vacation? <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> irritating. Um, yes, Susie, have you, do you have a guess? Somewhere that just burned down recently. Or did, there was a fire there. Did it really? Oh, yeah. I think you're right. There was a fire at... Go ahead, Nicole. Where did they vacation? Um, 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 <laughs> um, I, I just can't, I can't. I That's don't know. right. Disneyland. No. Disneyland. And what was their first ride? Wait, really? They went to Disneyland? They even posted their what? first ride this right. morning. <laughs> no way. I don't believe it. I'm sure it was either It's a Small World no or... Way. Wait, that was the one that caught fire, wasn't yep. it? Or Pirates of the Car- uh, Caribbean? It was Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean? No one yeah. says... How come the no Caribbean? one says Pirates of the Caribbean? Caribbean. Because it's Caribbean. It's not a cruise vacation in Caribbean. I say Pirates of the Caribbean, but I say say it's the Caribbean Ocean. Right? That's weird. (laughs) That's a strange thing we do. All right. What's our Twitter game? Well, so, you know, those guys go down there, and it's like an annual trip now. Well, it's more than annual. (laughs) Annual. annual. It's more than semi-annual. It's like a whole, like, sprawling crew of people. Like, half the the extended Brewing Network Army seems like they go down there for this trip now. Yes. Um, But our, our, our Twitter game, you know... There's a number of people that we could have picked on, but it's much more fun to pick on JP than anyone else. True, he's not um, here, especially because he's not here. And it's a game like too. Like it's game. Your, uh, Stick it to him good. Your your brewing network army uh, dumb Twitter game for the day is: What will JP do at Disneyland? To make a small child cry. Oh. I will fucking come and paper cut the shit out of your mom in front of you. <laughs> Where do we even have that clip right, yeah. from? Well, it sounds like he answered it. <laughs> well, that should be good yeah. when, it, yeah, when it goes to court. So yeah. make, All right. Make sure you uh, make sure uh, you uh, respond to include me in your tweet at Beer Muse so I don't miss it. Okay. Uh, Beer Muse and at Brewing Network, uh, but make sure you include, uh, include at Beer Muse. What will JP do to make a small child cry at Disneyland this week? All right. That's our Twitter game. Brought to you today by... 
Oh, how about HopTech Homebrew Supplies? You can go to HopTechHomebrew.com right now and check them out. They're a, a long supporter of this program, and we sure do love Jade and Roberto down there. Go to HopTech and check it out right now. All right, let's do our AHA Governing Committee candidate. Our first one up tonight is Ryan Chater. Hey, Ryan. Are you with us? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Oh, there we go. Hey, Ryan, let me just get this out of the way right off the bat. You're our first Canadian. You know, I'd like to take that as uh, a record, but no, I'm actually the second Canadian. Oh, so close. Is that even legal? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't do my research properly. I do not remember the second Canadian, but uh, yeah, a couple years ago, someone ran for the GC. But didn't win. No, did not win. So I may be the first Canadian GC member. You might be. Or I call or it racism. Not. Or not. But, uh, or not, you never know. <laughs> right? No, or not. Yeah, you never know. Uh, where are you from in Canada? I'm actually from a little town called Cornwall, Ontario. Uh, it's probably about 45 minutes away from Montreal. Everyone knows where Montreal is. So. Sure. We're just on the other side of the border. Okay. Do you speak French? Okay. What? He said no, Beardy. He said badly. (laughs) Yes, very badly. (laughs) How long have you been a home brewer, Ryan? Uh, I've been brewing since 2008. And what got you into the hobby? Uh, Believe it or not, it was a documentary uh, many, many years ago uh, that was uh, created. And uh, it really opened my eyes about uh, the big three. And I said, that's it. I don't want to support them anymore. And uh, I want to uh, drink craft beer. Okay. Now, and then, uh, oh, sorry, l- well, let me ask this. At that time, was there a... So now you drink Molson? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was there a good amount of craft beer around you? Oh. Uh, believe it or not, we actually had a craft brewery startup, a local craft brewery in 2006. So, yeah, craft beer was just budding in our area. Okay. Uh, yeah, two years prior to me starting to drink craft beer. Got it. How'd the uh, craft beer love go into homebrewing? Uh, how easy it was to do. <laughs> sure. Well, I, yeah, and it's uh, just uh, I, the love of it, really. The community in the area, I didn't realize there was a, home, a local homebrew club that uh, uh, I joined up, and uh, I got ushered into the, into the community, and uh, um, I got helped out by a couple of senior brewers. And, you know, long, long before I was told um, – I did uh, all grain. I was actually doing my all, my first homebrew batch was actually all grain. Uh, we skipped right over the extract, and uh, I learned how to brew all grain the hard way. Beautiful. That's yeah. how it should be. <laughs> so now, just so that everybody's clear, you are in fact an uh, American Homebrewers Association member, right? We offer a, a membership for Canadians as well. Yes, uh, there is an inter- international package that us Canadians can buy into. Uh, and, yeah, it uh, gives us the same benefits uh, as uh, the American members do. Uh, we do have a couple member deals up here in Canada. Uh, that is a project of mine that I'm working on currently right now. We're trying to increase those numbers. Uh, we're sitting solid at four for the past couple of years. So we're right. going to try to bring that program up. And, uh, yeah, we get the same uh, same program. We get uh, Zymergy, uh, I like to say, probably three to four weeks after you guys probably receive it. Okay, yeah. But that's international mail for you, so. Well, and let me just clarify. They get all the same benefits, but they're not allowed to argue about anything. Uh, if they don't like <laughs> right. something, the Canadians yeah. aren't allowed to ask. They don't have an army, do they? Yeah, no, they can't say, you know. So they, Ryan just you takes it as it comes. You all you want, but we'll just apologize for it. <laughs> right. All right. Stereotypes. Uh, I'm done with stereotypes, Ryan. That was Wait, the last I'm, one I'm, you're going to get I'm from not. Me. What, Gretzky or Lemieux? Oh, there Who do you, you like? 
Uh, Gretzky? Yeah, baby. <laughs> now, now go on, Justin. All right, right. Why don't you tell us uh, why you're interested in running for the AHA Governing Committee? Uh, like I said, uh, 2008, I was ushered into a local homebrew club, and uh, I made my way through the club, getting to learn uh, the different tricks and stuff like that, and uh, being a part of the community. Uh so many years on afterwards is I want to finally give back to the community. Uh, I was the director last year of our local homebrew uh, competition. Uh, I run a smaller club in the town that I, I currently reside in. And I thought, you know, I would like to give more of a, at the international level, that's um, really my goal, you know, try to, um, try to help out with broad strokes. Sure. Well, this is a good point that you make. Now that we have this international option, I think that having an, an international voice could be helpful on the committee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I could tell you there's thousands of homebrewers from other countries, not just Canada, uh, but from all over Europe, uh, Asia, South Africa, South America, uh, Australia. Well, Australia is actually one of our probably one of our largest uh, besides United States uh, for members. So, sure. yeah, definitely. Yeah, same with the Brewing Network. Australia and Canada, actually, kind of constantly go back and forth as our second largest listenership. Yeah. Um, and it seems to change about every month. One month, uh, the Aussies are winning, and the next month, the Canadians are listening more. Do you guys think that there might be like a, a CHA or, or Australian HA? I mean, if there's such sizable homebrewer bases, why don't those <laughs> things exist? Yeah, why don't you get um, your own club? Yeah, man. <laughs> what do you think, Ryan? Actually, yeah, there is a Canadian uh, Homebrewers Association. Uh, uh, they, they do host small... Uh, homebrew competitions and they do whole functions as for the conference itself no they do not have the numbers to create a conference that's such as large as the nhc uh but there is yes there is a, an organization here in canada and actually if i remember correctly it's called CABA. and uh yes there is active members that are running that organization right now and my understanding is similar to, to Ryan's as well, is, is that, yes, there's an organization, but since the AHA has been around for so long and has so many members and has such an infrastructure, it's still worthy of being a part of, even if they are, there is still an organization at home. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, there is. All right, Ryan. Uh, well, anything else you'd like to say to our listeners uh, to vote for you? Uh, I just want to thank the Brewing Network uh, for having me on the show. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity to tell, uh, you know, tell all AHM members to vote. Uh, it's very important. We need to get our numbers up. Uh, they do rise annually, but, you know, awareness of uh, situation state to state, uh, country to country, internationally, uh, everyone should be aware of it. And I think our AHA governing committee is really doing a good job. And I just want to help out and support them as much as I can. Beautiful. Folks, you can go to homebrewersassociation.org and click on the membership button. You'll find out how to vote now. In fact, I think there's a big vote now image right on the uh, on the homepage. And we'll be interviewing all of the candidates this year, so you can listen that way. But uh, you can go vote for Ryan right now uh, at homebrewersassociation.org. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, Justin. I really appreciate this opportunity. Cheers. Good luck to Have you. Have a good day. Cheers. All right, there you go. Ryan Chater. Ryan's my pick as of now because he's, he's a Gretzky man. So. Oh, there you go. You got my vote for now, Ryan. Unless Easily I, swayed. Unless someone, uh, yeah. No, the rest of them are all going to come on and be Gretzky people. I think Gretzky too, yeah. man. <laughs> you, you didn't give yeah. last week's people a chance to even answer. That's it's, true. How much, how much is the official Moscow endorsement worth? That's a good question. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Are you point. even an AHA member, Moscow? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Well, it just, it just happens when you're on the Brain Network, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I, yeah. So, so let me get this straight. Yeah. You can't vote, but he's got your vote. Damn right. Yeah. yeah. Noted. Now you know uh, how much it's worth, Beanie. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's go to our next candidate for tonight. Uh, we're going to speak to Craig Hendry. Craig, how you doing? Oh, now he has my vote because he's got the same last <laughs> hey, name as Phil Hendry. That's Phil. There you go. I've, I've, sw- I've swayed <laughs> once again. Hi, Craig. Thanks for being on the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Craig, where are you from? Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi. There we go. Oh, we haven't had any representation on the governing committee from Mississippi. No, just wow, yeah. I like oh. it. Now we're now we're talking diversity here. <laughs> uh, well, in states anyway. Uh, uh, all right, Craig. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your history? How long have you been a home brewer? I've been uh, home brewing about fifteen years. Uh, getting to the to the point of it, uh, uh, back in around two thousand seven, myself and other home brewers and craft beer geeks. Uh, we discovered that there were two issues in Mississippi, two problems, so to speak, and then one, of course, was home brewing had never been legalized, and uh, two, all beer brewed and sold in Mississippi was limited to a 6.2% ABV cap. So uh, yeah, several of us joined forces to do something about that since nobody else was trying, and we formed a uh, grassroots consumer activist group called Razor Pines. And that, of that group, I am currently current president of the group. And we spent a few years raising money, visiting the Capitol during sessions, talking to state senators and reps, educating them about craft beer and home brewing, and of course rallying home brewers and, and, and craft beer fans, so to speak, to pressure uh, their officials to support you know, both those causes. And uh, 2012, we were successful in raising the ABV to 10% nice. uh, on beer brewed and sold in the state, and that has been great. It opened... Uh, the floodgates to a, a lot of great commercial beer that we now can buy in this state. And, uh, of course, the biggie and the one I'm most proud of is uh, 2013. We, were, we successfully legalized homebrewing in Mississippi and the transportation of homebrew. And, uh, you know, the result of that is now we have five homebrew stores in the state. Homebrewing is included in nearly all the beer festivals that are, that are held in the state. And, uh, you know, it probably uh, one of the biggest results of it that, uh, that continues, continues in, in impressing everyone in the state is three years ago we had one brewery, and that was Lazy Magnolia. And, and as of this week, our 11th brewery will be producing wow. beer. And we have at least four more in planning. And all of these are owned by and employ home brewers. So it, it's been a great thing. Maybe I should move to Mississippi. <laughs> Sounds like you guys are really up and coming. Maybe. Yeah, but we it, are. it we sounds like the, are. the brewers there are good, though. <laughs> yeah, Craig's like, no, right. you can stay wherever you are, wherever <laughs> yeah. you come from. You can stay right there. We like good beer here. We're doing fine without you. We don't need a setback. <laughs> <laughs> now, Craig, you are an American Homebrewers Association member, right? Yes. Okay. Tell us why you'd like to be on the on the committee. Uh, it's a great resume that you just spoke of. Uh, uh, thank you. Well, uh, raise your pants. We, we had those two goals, and we achieved those two goals. And we now, now that we have all these breweries in the state, we have a new Mississippi Brewers Guild, and I'm also a board member of that that uh, that guild. They're going to take over the fight to continue improving the, the regular beer laws that affect those breweries. And I'm going to continue helping those guys in a consulting role and a, and a liaison of sorts for the state's home brewers. But in all of all those years I spent, you know, fighting to make Mississippi a better place for home brewers, I still have a fire in me. And a drive, and, and I still want to keep keep on doing great things for this hobby. So I figured it's time to step up and offer my help beyond the borders of Mississippi. 
Excellent. Well, we could always use the help on the committee, and we're, as you probably know, we're just there to help the Homebrewers Association figure out where we should put our resources and, and what we need help with and how we can better serve membership, and it sounds like you've got a passion for that. Yeah, and uh, as of last week, and I know it was mentioned last week, the AHA formed a subcommittee on legislative affairs, and I was invited to join that subcommittee by Gary Glass, and I was happy to do that, and uh, so I'm excited about that, too. You know, regardless of if I get elected to the to the uh, governing committee, I'll still be there helping. So that's a good point that you bring up, Craig. If I could just take a moment, too, to let any of our Homebrewers Association members know, you don't have to be elected to volunteer on any one of our subcommittees. And there are a lot of subcommittees. Mm-hmm. You can learn all about them. In fact, I'm the uh, director of the – I forget what it's – I'm something of, Some the, sub, of the club committee. <laughs> you, don't even, you don't even know the I know name my of committee, your committee? No, I don't know what my, what my title is. I think I'm the director of it. Chairperson, right? I'm like the chair. Thank you, the chair. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the whole committee makes fun of me for this because who needs vocabulary? Just I just know where I'm supposed to be and when I'm supposed to be there. That's what I know. I'm supposed to be in the chair right now. I'm supposed to be in the goddamn chair of the club committee. Uh, but there's a lot of other committees, too. You can learn all about them uh, over on homebrewersassociation.org. And as Craig mentions, uh, any one of you can volunteer. If you have a, a particular area of interest or expertise, then you don't have to be elected to help us out on the subcommittees. Uh, clearly, the club committee could use your help. <laughs> so, uh, Craig, thanks for volunteering on the legislation one because uh, it sounds like you'd be a great asset to that. Um, Thank you. So, all right, you sound like a very well-qualified candidate. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say to our listeners before they go and vote? Well, I just want to say uh, thank you for having me on, and, and I'll see everyone in San Diego. And, and come see me at this session. There's a session that we call Regulatory Climate for Homebrewers, and I'll be speaking on that panel with Gary Glass. And uh, my, final, my final comment is vote for Craig. There you go. All right, thanks, Craig. Thanks for being on the program, and good luck to you. Thank you. All right. Cheers. Doesn't doesn't he look like he could be Gary Glass's like bigger older brother who became like a homicide detective? <laughs> That's if when you're looking for him at NHC, just look for a bigger, cooler Gary Glass <laughs> who looks like a homicide detective. Uh, you can see photographs and read bios of all of our candidates also over on homebrewersassociation.org. So if you wonder what we're talking about sometimes uh, when we are referring to photos, there they're all over there for you to see as well. We've got uh, one more candidate for you tonight. Uh, Lorena Evans is going to be on the program. Let me just get her on the line here. Are, th- are there more women running this year than in previous years? No, not necessarily. In fact, a couple of years ago, I think it was, we had a, 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 a larger amount a of, glut. of women. A glut. <laughs> Uh, what do we have this year? We have Lorena running. Debbie is running once again. So just two this year. I believe we've maybe had as many as three or four in the past. But really, don't quote me on that. And there's a Canadian. Uh, and and now there's a Canadian. So I feel like yeah, affirmative action has really taken place over at uh, right. <laughs> the home person. That's what it's. Well, called, what, right? what about Sandy Cockerham? Is that is that a male? Oh, I don't know. Did I miss? Did I miss a female? Let me see. Oh, Sandy. No, no, no. Sandy, Sandy's a lady. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Leslie. I did. I, I missed you. Yeah, you're, you're right. We have Debbie, we have Sandy, and we have Lorena. And Lorena's on the line with us right now. Hi, Lorena. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. We're happy to have you and uh, to learn a little bit about you and why you're running for the governing committee. Where are you from? I am from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I'm a youper. A youper. Um, but a youper. 
But I have to admit that we spend the worst part of the winter in South Texas, and that is actually where I am right now. Oh, I see. Um, so <laughs> I'm a snowbird user. You're a traitor is what you are. You're not really an Uber. No, just no. That's not fair. <laughs> so I grew up, uh, well, I didn't really grow up there. My folks live, uh, lived in Lake Havasu, Arizona. And oh. now, boy, was there a Michigan migration to Lake Havasu, Arizona, in every January. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I went to town today, um, just in this, we were like near Rockport, Texas. And most of the license plates I saw were Michigan, Wisconsin, Kansas, Nebraska. You're so smart all the people. smart people from the Midwest come right. here. <laughs> well, I, I think that sets up your qualifications already. You're a smart lady. Think of who they all left back there. <laughs> you probably don't remember, Justin, but in like 2013 at the BNA party, I'm one of the older folks. So I was hanging with your dad. Oh, really? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, yeah. Um, I stood behind your dad and next to John Mayer, okay. and you were throwing great stuff, like a Blitzman hat went up in the air. And I think you know John, yeah, right? He's kind yeah. of a small guy with a gnarly beard. <laughs> yeah. I could take him. So I took him out, and I think your dad, too, and I walked away with a Blitzman hat. So nice. that was my big... <laughs> I love it. Well, let me apologize also if my dad did anything inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, he walked around yelling at everybody, going, that's my kid, that's my kid. And it was really fun. So yeah. he's, a, he's a proud guy. He didn't invite you back to the hot tub? He's a crossing. We get a little creepy every now and then. So, uh, <laughs> All right, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your brewing history, Lorena? How long have you been oh, homebrewing? Okay. Well, I've been a winemaker for uh, many years, 20, 25, and I always thought that beer was hard, like there was this mystique about it or something. So like in 2000, I bought the Beer Machine 2000 and tried to make beer. Um, it wasn't very good. Actually, the beer kind of sucked. Okay. <laughs> but That's I was persistent and I was hooked. <laughs> so I got real serious about brewing, oh, probably about nine, ten years ago. And I started with the kit and I realized this was fun and I could make great beer. I had a question, though, on something that wasn't in the instructions, and so I ran to the Internet, and I Googled, I don't know, like, why is my airlock not bubbling or something, and came across Homebrew Talk and the Green Board. Remember the Green Board? And I, that really helped me so much develop, and I really became passionate about brewing. Um, I'm still involved with homebrewtalk.com. I'm still on some other boards, and just like the heavens opened, and I realized beer for all, you know, this was just really great. So I joined the AHA in 2008 and went to my first NHC then, and I've been a member ever since. I've been a BJCP judge for a few years now. Um, one thing that I was really excited to see, the difference between like 2008 and 2014, the growth, the amount of people interested in the hobby. Sure. Um, I'm really excited about that. I think that the AHA is going to have some challenges keeping up with that. Um, it just as the growth has happened, I think they're doing a good job. I think bigger can be better. The NHC competition and the conference is the best of the best. And I think it's really great that we have this wonderful camaraderie and we kind of support each other. And we keep up to date with doing knowledge and science. I do not have a local club. And okay. I know that's true of a lot of people that live in rural areas. Sure. And some of us, when we join competitions, we'll use 
during that work army is our homebrew t- club or yeah, yeah. for me homebrew talk and i think what we learn via podcast the conversations we're having the seminars i think really has what has really helped this hobby really explode for people that don't have local clubs you know i wish we had a local club where i lived i i, I use some of the like the zealots in austin and chaos in chicago and you know those and the multi Coast Falcons and all these wonderful clubs are so supportive and wonderful. Yeah. But if you don't live in that area, you need other support. And I think they can get it from the forums, your podcast, other podcasts we listen to. The AHA has been a huge support of my brewing, and I'd really like to help support that. One of the things I'm most excited about is the legislation that the AHA has really helped work on to make homebrewing legal in all states. They're still working on a few things, but I'm really excited to see the progress in that. Um, I'm really excited about the research and education fund. I think that helping to defray some of the costs in some of these research experiments and then presenting them to the AHA members will make us all better brewers in the end. We can all benefit from that. One of the other things that's relatively new is the diversity committee and trying to get women and people of color involved in the in the hobby or more intimately involved. I know we were talking about there's a lot of women um, now in the hobby and a lot of us are running for the governing committee or are already on the governing committee. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. But I think, you know, I, I'll use an example. In 2008, I went to my first NHC and I, I call you guys on the internet my imaginary friends. <laughs> and so a guy says, well, meet so in such and such booth in front of such a place. I go, well, what do you look like? I didn't realize there was nothing with me, but he said, I'm a 35-year-old white guy with a beard and slightly overweight. I said, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I walk into the room, and you sit in that room, there's a sea, about 800 people fitting that exact description. Right. <laughs> there's like, there were like 10 women and 800 guys fitting that description. Yeah. So it's really exciting to see different people, a little bit different cultures, although I think well, there's still probably the vast majority of people are in that group I mentioned. And nothing wrong with that particular group, but it is really nice to see that women and other other um, socioeconomic groups are getting involved in the hobby, too. So I think I can uh, be a great asset to these committees. I'm really passionate about it. Um, I genuinely like all people, and I think I have the organizational skills necessary. Um, not to mention, I enjoy a good beer now and then. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have that part, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, Lorena, you sat. Listen, I love your enthusiasm. You you really sound like you know what you want. You're excited about this hobby. Uh, I'm a little biased, but I also love your understanding of the online community and and yeah. your understanding of, of of folks that don't have a local club. I too wish that everybody did have a, a local club they could go to that mm-hmm. they really enjoyed. But since that's not the reality, I of course uh, really love and respect that there's a lot of online communities to do so as well. And uh, Wow, I just really enjoyed listening to your, your passion for homebrew. Well, thank you so much. It's nice talking to you again, Justin. You as Give well. Give your dad. <laughs> <laughs> right. My dad's coming out again this year, he says. He's coming out to the Is San Diego he? conference. So I don't know if you're coming to San well, Diego. but uh, not many people make me feel tired because I have <laughs> more energy than anybody else. But, wow, he was something. Yeah. Oh, she met her match. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my dad, could, he's a little wild sometimes. He's coming out again this year. Uh, <laughs> folks, you can go to homebrewersassociation.org right now and learn more about Lorena. And uh, we're going to be posting these interviews up there as well, so you can listen 
again. But you can read her bio. You can get a look at her and uh, and vote uh, right now if you wanted to. But uh, voting goes uh, still another couple of weeks. So if you want to listen to everybody, you can do that. But go to homebrewersassociation.org and check it out. Lorena, it was really fun to listen to you. You sound uh, highly qualified and certainly enthusiastic. So I do wish you luck. Thanks a lot, Justin. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. There you go, Lorena Evans, uh, another another great candidate to have to choose from. I've, I've now switched my vote to Lorena because <laughs> yeah. she used for all years after 2009. She switched I, to 2013. I, I, Did you notice? Ah. She said 2008 oh. and 2013. And I, noticed, I, I thought, I'm voting for this woman. <laughs> I noticed. So, OCD gets your vote. <laughs> Uh, great on, let candidates. Me Your vote still doesn't matter, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Right. Still not a member. Yeah. Still nobody gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So those are our three AHA candidates for this week. We'll have, I believe, two more um, next week. I think three more, right? An- another three. Well, we've got ten total is what we have. So one of these weeks we have to get a. Even oh, you're right. Yeah. Two more next week. Two next week. All right. So make sure you go to homebrewersassociation.org and vote. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Doc is going to teach us about how to fix a stuck beer. He did a lot of things. Some of them weird. Some of them not so weird. (laughs) Everything he could do to not pour beer down the drain because he knew I'd be very upset about that. Yes. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back in just a couple minutes. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection that's williamsbrewing.com orders placed by 4 p.m pacific time weekdays ship the same day brewing is easy the williams way Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and roast. Rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. That's it. I've had it. 
I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contract, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Brewcasters are back. It is a 401 beer. Whatever. All right. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, you know, the Brewers Association has a new book out, part of their uh, ingredients series, which is just pretty damn kick-ass. Mulch, a practical guide from field to brew house. It's written by John Mallett of Bell's Brewery, who's, uh, wow, just what a great founder of a great brewery. Um, the Practical Guide from Field to Brew House is a comprehensive look at the soul of beer. Malt. John leads us through quality and analysis, malt selection and storage and handling. Uh, the book's of value to all brewers, not just pros, all experience levels who wish to learn more about the role uh, of malt as the backbone of beer. Uh, understand malt and how to use it is crucial uh, to the brewing process, and you can add it to your collection now with water and yeast, hops. malt, hops. <laughs> I don't know what's left. What's the air? Do we have to cover eyes? Oxygen, <laughs> oxygen going to be the next? There'll be an oxygen book. Oxygen. The yep. thing you don't know you need. Right. And sometimes don't need. Only at the beginning. Yeah. You Never and I are going to write it, right. Dirty. It'll be the shortest brewer's publication ever. <laughs> oxygen. Only at the beginning. Put it in or don't. It's, it'll, actually, <laughs> it, it'll actually just be a title page right. Right. and then credits in well, the back of yeah, who we right, want to thank. Credits on the back. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to thank God for producing oxygen. Right. And, um, also, and also plants. And we should get like Vinny to endorse it on the back. <laughs> yeah. Beardy and Justin really know what they're doing when it comes to oxygen. Right. right. You can they're tell. my go-to guys yeah. <laughs> when it comes to O2. <laughs> they're my go-to for O2. O2. <laughs> Yeah. All right. What do we need to talk about writing this? <laughs> Go over to Brewers Publications and check out the new book, Malt. Add it to your collection, and uh, I don't think you'll be sorry that you did so. John Mallett is a genius. Yeah, John's good. Uh, and what a great brewery, uh, Bells, too. Love that beer. All right. Dr. Scott, you old bastard. Hey. You know, just when people thought that you had nothing left to contribute to this program, here you are. I think that was mostly you. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I just try to put it off on others. Okay. You know, like I always do. I'm like that last bullet you have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The truth is still, whenever the shit hits the fan, who gets the phone call? Doc. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this one I've been excited about. Actually, you've been talking to me about this beer for a couple weeks. I know that, uh, of course, it was probably a, a source of frustration for you in the beginning. Oh, yeah. but, but then it maybe became a fun project to, to try to fix. So why don't we start at the, at the very beginning? Now, I call this segment um, Fixing a Stuck Beer with Doc. Uh, but I want you to take us all the way back to the beginning. 
What was the plan? What did you want to brew? Uh, my brother back in probably August, no, maybe uh, uh, October, November, said, you get to brew something for Christmas. I said, well, like, what do you want? And he wanted a bourbon vanilla porter, big chewy porter, bourbon vanilla porter. So that's kind of the plan I had in mind. And I thought, you know, I haven't brewed a, a Baltic porter ever. Okay. And it's kind of a challenge. It's it's a lager. And just a big beer like I like. So. Is that the – what makes it a Baltic porter? Just that it's not an ale? Does it have the same sort of ingredients, but, but it's, it's, it's lagered? It's, it's pretty close. Okay. It's got a lot of – it's um, – it's got its own. It's not a total offshoot, but it's it doesn't taste like a you know an anchor porter or anything like that. Okay, but uh, and you like lagers anyway, so yeah. it's a good twist on it for and you. They tend to be higher in ABV compared yeah. to like English porters. Oh, okay, also, yeah, yeah so this on one, the bigger side. This is OG started at ten ninety. Wow, so it's a biggie. Well, Baltic Porter has this huge range stylistically yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of ABV, starting gravity, finishing gravity. It could be a sweet beer. It could be a dry beer. Okay. It could be made with lager yeast, but some are made with ale. Like It's kind of pretty open for interpretation if you look at, at the guidelines. You know, What's its origin, stuff. Nicole? Where did the first Baltic Porters come from? Well, from the Baltic region. From the Baltic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Baltic. Oh. The, I mean, the legend is that, you know, Beers were the Russian imperial stouts were kind of intercepted on their way to St. Petersburg in this region, and uh, that uh, the, the the people in that region grew a liking to these darker beers, and then started making making their version. But it was too cold. Now it's like a legend, kind of like you know what we have with IPA okay. stouts. Got it. I'm not really sure what what is considered most factually correct now. It, what it, what country sort of owns the style now? Like uh, who? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm always curious about that, right? Like Pilsner to me is still uh, Czech correct. and the Germans, right? And and they each have their own their own take on it. And sorry to put you, I I'm so like I always just assume you know this stuff, right? Like a calculator, Nicole. Now that you're <laughs> now that you're a yeah. master sister, yeah. cicerone, can you give us the top five commercial examples? <laughs> yeah, so, I always just assume it's in your head. Right. One that's still kind of from that region. I think this is a Russian beer. Uh, let me double check. The Baltica Number no. Six. Okay. So that's one that you can find, uh, kind of in the Eastern European stores. Let's see. Okay. Yeah, it's also that's made in Russia. So you can find that every once in a while if you go to one of those like Russian European stores. We, you know, most places have them. You know, the one on the corner. It's not <laughs> one. Like every every yeah. community seems to have one, but like you know, more if you live in like Chicago or something. But you then know, you might. Uh, okay. but yeah, the uh, Baltica Number no. Six, and that's a nice example. That's seven percent, a little bit uh, maybe lighter and body like the roast is pretty bludgeoning there but the uh it's um that's kind of a classic example that we see from the old world okay. um let's see i think uh there's there's a couple from uh there's a couple from uh scandinavia as well uh what's oh i just have uh, polish they can be close to a schwartz beer too yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. there's a huge and, range. Huge yeah. range. Well, it, but it's it, like a higher alcohol Schwartz. Yeah. It's kind of like an imperial Schwartz beer. Almost. Yeah. Okay. It can be made with with lager yeast or ale yeast. So if it's made with ale yeast, how is it not just a? What makes it Baltic? Isn't it just a porter? It's, it's kind of. It doesn't. It wouldn't fit cleanly into other porter categories. Other porter categories are pretty narrow and specific in terms of what's expected, what's going to be there, and what's not going to be there. And uh, Baltic porter is a little bit more loosey goosey in terms of. Uh, 
Okay. So if you brew a porter that doesn't right. quite taste as portery as you want, and you're submitting it to competition, call it a Baltic porter. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe sure. not always. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, but sure. I mean, if you want to play porters. play the field that way, for sure. But uh, you know, Baltic porter, I think you know, I think lager yeast is going to be preferred, or a very, 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 very clean ale yeast. Wouldn't, wouldn't it just be a huge difference in the in the character of the beer, lagered versus versus ale yeast? It just seems like an entirely when different beer. When there's so much roast mm. and so much other yeah. stuff well, going you, on, really? if, you use ale, if you use an ale yeast, you cold ferment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. I see. Yeah, you don't want a very strong ester no matter which right. style you're uh, ah. using. So okay, still a very clean here's the other fermentation. Example, kind of on the other end of the Baltica, the Cinebrykov Porter from Finland. That's the one I was trying to, I just wanted to make sure I said it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's a really nice one that's a little bit, uh, it's also only 7.2%, but it's a lot thicker in body and fuller and heavier. Okay. So that's another kind of old world one that you can find. Excellent. So, with a starting gravity of 1090, Doc, what, what was your supposed to, what alcohol ABV was your supposed to be? Uh, in the 8.8 eight range. You're looking for a nice 8. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I like that this is your choice for a family Christmas uh, beer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Grandma gets that all surly. That explains a lot. <laughs> all right. Your father never touches me anymore. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about your recipe? What'd you start with? Um, this one's got a lot of Munich in it. The base malt, you know, about 56% Munich. Really quick. Am I remembering right that you hate <laughs> yeah, Munich, though? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. But this beer <laughs> wasn't that. This wasn't for you. Uh, there's okay. some taste in it that I just don't like, and it's almost where I can't taste if it's a good beer or not. Hmm. It's okay. like, do I just hate this, or did I just <laughs> did I do it wrong? Okay. It's it's some... What is it? it uh, it's some a weird astringent flavor that I don't like. Hmm. Um and I can usually taste it in you know, a lot less. But, you know, it, I try to, especially if I'm going to brew something for the first time, I'm going to try to do it as true to style as I can. Okay. No matter how much I hate it. <laughs> so, so, once again, how, what percent, Munich? About 56%. Okay. Uh, and then uh, German Pilsner for about 32%. Uh, a little bit of Special B, a uh, little Crystal 60, uh, Carafa 2, and some chocolate malt. And those are all pretty small percentages, mostly just to get the color. Okay. And a little bit of roast. And about what SRM are we looking for here? Is it pretty black it's like, or? It's, uh, it, it's got a big range. Uh, my estimated was going to be about 28, 29. Okay. Uh, and the IBUs, you know, in the, in the 33 range. Okay. Got it. What kind of hops did you use? Uh, mostly SAS, almost all the way through. And it's pretty much only uh, uh, 60 minute and the 15. That's pretty true to style too, I assume, to yeah. use noble hops. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I wanted, I wanted to have a little bit spicy, kind of. It's going to be a sweeter beer, so I wanted to have you know pop a little bit more. Okay. Any sort of uh, special mash technique in a beer like this? Do you do a decoction or you know? I didn't. I just did a, a single infusion, which is strange for me. Decoction. But, uh, so, but <laughs> I, I tried to keep it. I knew it needed more attenuation, so I tried to keep it low, you know, below one hundred and fifty. Uh, and then we'll talk about that one. Too. Okay, we can get into that uh, real quick. By the way, you can hit the chat button on the homepage, and Susie Q's in there taking your questions. You can call her up triple eight four zero one beer. Call us that way if you want to ask questions about this whole process. All right, so you got your recipe together, it sounds like. Uh, and, and by the way, what kind of yeast were you going to use, or uh, did you end up? Southern German lager. It's one of my favorites. Okay. Something uh, you're better, familiar with, too. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'll use that a lot. Okay. Probably. How did brew day go? Pretty pretty fine. All the way through, hit my numbers. Uh, it Everything was fine. My, I made a huge starter, 
this is a 20-gallon batch, so it was almost a three-gallon starter. Wow. So you have that little carboy on a yeah, stir plate that yeah, I've seen, sure, like yeah, a the, mini carboy? Yeah, that mini short, fat carboy, and it was going great on the on – the, and it went in there. I gave it oxygen. It's your O2. Yeah. Uh, well, me and Beard, you know all about yeah, that. Yeah. So and you hit your strength temperature on the main? Right, so you chose to add oxygen. Everything. That's fine. Okay, good. Everything. I hit everything. It was it was fine. And nothing over, nothing under. Okay. Um, everything was fine, but 90-minute boil. Then uh, – I uh, basically cooled it down. It's tough to cool down loggers. Yeah, you can. It goes down fast from two twelve down to about ninety, and then eighty, and then it just starts slugging, trying to get it down to fifty. Okay, it's tough because you want it at uh, fermentation. I like it. Down, yeah, otherwise it's got to sit there in, in the conical, trying to cool down, and it takes a long time. It makes me nervous. Okay, can I can you I just ask a question about the starter real quick? Now, if you're doing a longer yeast starter, do you yeah. have to have the carboy be cold like lager temp? Ah, um, some people say you do. Some people say you don't. Uh, it, it's not fun to do it at eighty or anything. And an ambient <laughs> that day was. Was on the cool side. I'll bet it was probably sixty where it was. It wasn't yeah. at, at forty or anything, but it was probably sixty, sixty-five ish. It wasn't. It was on the stir plate. If you're in the as a general the 60s, rule, steadily like night daytime to nighttime temperatures, yeah. you're probably okay. One thing Doc does, for example. So what you're look lager yeast. Any yeast that's not in, in its ideal temperature range will put off flavors that are undesirable when they start to ferment in their non-ideal range. A starter from a lager yeast at a higher temperature is would be an example of that. This is one of the reasons Doc and other people like to dump off the liquid before they actually pitch the yeast. Um, uh. Not that it... You know, maybe it wouldn't have an effect because you know he's going to throw it into twenty gallons of beer anyway. But it's a three gallon starter, it's um, a lot. But right. he's got the yeast healthy and and a, and, a, and, a, and a just enough cells that he needs, and then he dumps off any of that stuff that might be too estery or or anything else uh, because it did actually ferment a bit at a higher temperature. So it's a good question that you ask. Yeah. Um, it also depends well, on when when in the starter process you're going to add it, because if you're going to add it while the starter is nice and active. You don't want to add a nice and active starter that you've been doing it kind of ambient, 68, 70 degrees, to a 50-degree right. uh, wort. It'll shock the yeast. It'll shock the yeast, and they'll just drop right to the bottom. Right. Or, or just be a really poor fermentation. So if you're going to add it like high croissant, you want it to be at the fermentation temperature. If you're going to just let it go, chill it, kind of drop the yeast out, decant off, then it's less important, I guess, for your actual starter temperature. Okay. So usually what I'll do is, if, especially if I've got a big starter, I'll start the brew day in the morning. I'll take it off the stir plate, and I put it in the refrigerator. Cap it. But it's capped anyway. Put it in the refrigerator. It takes a long time for it to, to come down in temperature, so it's not going to shock it. it. It takes a while for that much liquid to come down, and it also separates it out real well. Okay. So by the time I'm going to pitch it, which might even be the next day, because I've got to let it let the conic get down to pitching temperature and once i pitch it usually it's usually it's in the morning before i go to work i'll pitch it and then i'll, I'll oxygenate it come home at lunch i'll oxygenate it and then i'll do it if it's not bubbling by the time i get home again i'll do it again so just keep you know, hitting it with oxygen until i start to see active fermentation okay well without knowing what else went wrong uh, yet we're going to talk about it you know, Beardy and I didn't get a phone call about the oxygen, so I'm thinking al- <laughs> right. already there was a problem. Right, that's mistake number one. Yeah, let's keep yeah. going. Yeah, I mean, unless you, Beardy, you didn't get the call, 
right? No, I didn't get a call. And I didn't. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I, I think it, it, it was a long lag time, too, before it started really good. And I didn't oxygenate it after. I only oxygenated probably twice. Hmm. I could have done it a couple more times because it took a while to, to really take off. Plus, it's a huge beer. But when you I, talk about oxygenating the beer, how long? How are you doing it and how long? What's the duration? Um, what, are, a, what are you doing exactly? I have a oxygen cane that has a, the stone on the end. It mm-hmm. goes in the top of the conical. Good and it runs good. pure oxygen through a <laughs> right <laughs> through a through a uh, filter. Do you have a way of? Do you have a, a regulator that monitors the flow, or are you just kind of? I see bubbles, so that's good. Yeah, I don't. Anything's bubbling off the top is coming out. It's not staying in there. So well, I meant like, are you are you measuring how much oxygen you're actually putting in, or is it just no? It's, okay. it's just GSO meter. Huh? Nice. Yeah, no, I don't have. You don't have that toy yet. I don't have that toy yet. So it's just I know that it's. I don't want to overdo it, sure. so I'd rather do yeah, it in short spurts. Yeah, I'm not. I don't leave it in there for ten minutes. Right, it's, it's maybe a minute or two. Okay, and not on full bore because it's all just coming out the top. So, so let me get it. You bubble, you bubble for a minute yeah. or two, and let me just point out he did mention his filter on his oxygen mm. system. That's a really important thing. A lot of people skip, you know. And you know, since I get oxygen, okay. is not necessarily just like the inline HEPA canisters. filter thing you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I do that. And, and I Please just, buy one of those. Please, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Please I use, uh, do that. Medical grade oxygen because I can right. just grab it from the. From that would the be ideal, right. but if you can't afford that, if you're not a like a normal person yes. and you're yeah. not a dentist, yeah, please use a filter. Use a filter anyway. It's just it's it's yeah, it's better. So well, you can get them at our great sponsor over at More Beer, and yep. I've always used one too. I, in fact, I used it before I even knew why I was using it. It's Hasn't just helped how, you. It was how my setup <laughs> came, and I just grabbed the O2 from the hardware store. Uh, I go down to the Osh and mm-hmm. I get the little red canister of O2. But the More Beer has the inline HEPA filter. So, you know, I got the tube coming from the oxygen tank into the filter and then out and then to a stone. Right. And then, all right, so, Doc, uh, so you, 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 uh, Transfer the wort into your conical. Do you? It's the night of the brew day. Do you uh, oxygenate then before going to bed? Uh, yes, I do actually. Well, I, I only I, 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 yeah before I, pitching. I, no, not before pitching. Not before pitching. No. Okay. So once it goes in there, I use, and I use the 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 wand. Yep. To actually move the the yeast around some, okay. break it up, stir it up, get it moving. Okay. You and then the it. next morning you go out and you do that again. That's right. what you're saying. Okay. And then maybe once again when you come home from work you'll do it again. Yeah. Okay. As long as it's not fermenting yet. Okay. We're good. Ales. By the time I get back out there in the morning, it's usually fermenting anyway, so I don't. I don't usually hit it again. Okay. It just happens to be with with lagers. You got to kind of watch, make sure everything's tight and you're you're not just going off of the. So you pitch and then you oxygenate. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, right after. Why would you want to do it right yeah. at the same time? It, at the same time, a lot of yeah. people just do it before. You know, it's uh, or in a, uh, like in a commercial brewery, always the oxygenation happens before the pitch. But that's that's because they're pitching. They're yeah, usually right. that's, I mean, yeast that's is usually in the fermenter. They've already pitched. They're, yeah, they've, they've, if they've already, they're pouring onto onto yeast. Right. So, it, as long as it's, it's yeah, in there, and if I'm yeah. oxygenating beforehand. Yeah, it's, it's probably warmer wort, and it's good off gas anyway. Okay, all right. True. Well, we've discussed aeration on other shows as well, so it sounds to me like so far, Doc, everything has gone according to plan. Yep. And the beer is now in the fermenter, and you've uh, oxygenated properly, and you had the pitch that you wanted. What happened with the beer? It was bubbling along fine. Uh, usually, it's not uncommon for me to let a lager go two weeks in the fermenter, maybe more. Like just kind of forget about it, you mean? Yeah, I go. I check it and see if it's still bubbling, and you know, it's if it's still moving along, I don't bother checking the the gravity on it. But you did say it was a bit of a long lag 
It was a bit of a long right, yeah. lag on this one. Um, I'm sorry. What temperature were you at? I didn't catch. It was 48. 48. Okay. Yeah. So, so from the time you put it in there to the time you saw active fermentation, there was a lag. More than usual. 24. I'm not worried. Even 30. It's a little more than 36 hours probably. And then it started going. It was going pretty good. It was going really good for a good week. And okay. then it was slowly going after that. And then about two and a half, I I checked it and it was still still up there. It was above 10:30. What you, and what are you looking for it to finish at? I was looking to hopefully, you know, at least 1020. Okay. If not even a little drier than that. So I let it go another week. And it's basically it stalled at about 1026. So I okay. tasted it. You know, you know, I did the, I even got another uh, hydrometer because I thought mine was off. Mm-hmm. And it, that didn't matter. It was the same. Because that hydrometer is old, so sometimes that that it can get messed up. Yeah, and that's always my first thought. Right, must be well, the, must be the hydrometer. It wasn't my first thought. It was no, I know at all. But I tried. You know, everything else is. This has been there long enough. This should have been fine. I'm only <laughs> laughing because like this is my life. It's like every time I go, great. Now I got to go buy eight hydrometers to test each one of them. <laughs> But I'll okay. get a second dud. And how did it taste? That's yeah, right. right. At 1026? At 1026, it was like an unfinished beer. It was not bad. It's, ba- it's flat, but I mean. It's flat, but it, I didn't taste any off flavors, anything. It was clean. It, was okay. clean. Right. it just, it, I wouldn't want to say cloying, but right on the edge, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, okay, now I got to get this thing, be the starter. I got to get some more points out of this thing. So. Uh, let's try to fix the fermentation. Okay. So yeah. So what's going through your head? What's going through my head? It's like first thing is just try to rouse the yeast. Just a little hanging fruit. Yeah, go for yeah. that. Yeah. So because it's probably laying at the bottom of the fermenter, all be lazy. lazy and stuff. So I get out my oxygenating cane with the stone on the end. I switch it over to CO two. Okay. Put it in there, and I put it down, and I stir in with that thing as it's bubbling up through, just to try to get as much dispersed as I can. And then I let it go for another four or five days, and it barely nudged it down a little bit, but not much. Tasted the same. Scratching my head. By the way, Christmas is over by now, right? Oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's twenty fifteen. Yeah, what'd you bring to Christmas? Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. I, had, I had actually gone down to down to SoCal and came back, and I had, <laughs> I had a few days trying to go back to work, and I was still messing with it. Okay. So the rousing, the easy one didn't work. That didn't, I got a little next? bit out of it, but it didn't get what I wanted to. So then I raised the temp on it, and slowly, but I raised it. I raised it up pretty far, maybe you know, fifty-five the first couple of days, then up to sixty. So to this point, it had just stayed at forty-eight. Yeah, yeah. I let okay. it go up a little bit, maybe to fifty at that point, but it was just okay. It wasn't doing much. So okay, now I'm going to repitch. Well, what did it do when you moved it up to 50? Did not that, much. Not much. Okay. not much. It didn't do a whole lot of anything. Fermentation is pretty much done. Right. So raising the temperature isn't going to wake the yeah. yeast up too yeah. much. Yeah. So you decided the yeast is of no use at all now. No, they were just, uh, for all I know, they were like some of the yeast bandits went in there and stole my yeast or, or killed them all. Or they were partied so, out. Someone so brought in hookers. And- in practice, <laughs> you didn't have enough viable yeast in, in the pitch. I guess you have to say that, right? Because some did ferment, they did work. Oh, for it a while. worked pretty well. I mean, it yeah. got, it, if you look at the the guidelines, ten twenty four, I think is the high. Right. So it almost made it to that one. So they probably got pickled. Hmm. Um, I did have. What do you mean? 
Oh, they get too much alcohol, too much uh, alcohol, oh. and it kind of gets them. I did have an issue with a, <laughs> a power failure for about six hours, and the temperature went up, and so that could have had something to do oh. with it too, because I had to cool them back down. So that could have been. That was probably. Do you know how far? I panicked, and so I didn't look that fast. But oh. it was probably it was probably maybe ten degrees hotter. Oh, so when so you rich, cool them back down, like they I slowly, I slowly cool them okay. back down. I didn't just jam them back down mm-hmm. and stuff. But you don't was, throw a bag of ice in there. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Keep that in mind. So yeah. I just, I, I just got it up and running again, and it was just more than likely that might have been the issue because yeah. lager yeast are finicky little bastards. Okay. When, when was that in the whole? It's probably. If I can remember back so many months ago, sure, uh, maybe halfway through the ferment, maybe mm-hmm. it was it was it was a oh my god moment. How long okay. has this has been off? Yeah. Kind of okay. thing, and it because it tripped a breaker out there, Got and it. It, it doesn't trip everything in the in the brew house. So oh the lights <laughs> are on, everything's fine. And, no, it wasn't. Hey, right. This is running. So. These are the things I hate about brewing, by the way, is that yeah. it's always one little thing like that, and you, yeah. you, it doesn't matter all yeah. the things you did right, it always seems right. to be so, a tripped break. So more than likely, that was probably, yeah. you know, what what did them in. They don't like to be messed with okay. at all. Yeah. So they got messed with, now you realize they're stuck, and, and what do you want to do? You want to repitch? I'm going to repitch. I'm going to basically, like, uh, get a beer going at a high croise and throw it in there. So I did, made another big starter. And I just pitched that whole damn thing in there. Do you now? You have just so everybody knows, in, in case you haven't been listening for a while, you have a conical fermenter. Do you dump the yeast out the bottom before you pitch new no, yeast in? I you just, just leave it. it. Yeah. Okay. So, do you do the same size full starter as you did in the beginning? Pretty much. Yeah. You did. I can actually had to. I had to let some beer out so it would have enough room, room. Yeah. to put in the conical because it was sure. pretty near the top anyway. Okay. So I had to let some beer out. And I just use that to test things with. And um, all right, so you throw the yeast in. What happens? Uh, oh, it, oh, by the way, do you you can't oxygenate again at this point? I didn't right? oxygenate no. again. Yeah, no. Like it would it would oxidize the beer if you did it at this point, right? Right. Yeah. This so, would be a point in our book where we would say, "Do not add oxygen." Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah this would be page two. Right. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's not enough. Second yeast edition. To suck up all yes. the oxygen. Yeah, I oxygenated the the starter, but okay. once those are gone. And I pitched that in. And uh, was it the, was it the same amount of yeast as your initial pitch? Yeah, more. Oh, okay, it was, a, it was a big pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, the same strain. It was same, a, strain. same it's, strain. It's what Doc like, likes to call an angry pitch. An angry. pitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, All right. <laughs> it, what did you mean? You know, there was there was six vials in in that carboy. <laughs> And then, and then a starter, and, right? And wow. it, so it went in, and it started chugging again. But it, then it ended up stalling at about ten twenty three. Interesting. Mm. So I got it. It's it just mm. just wouldn't budge, and that's what you got in your glass right now. The ten twenty three. Yeah. Okay. okay. So what does that mean? It like it bubbled away, and then it just it, died. It, well, do you think after a few hours? Do you think that even did anything, or were you kind of just diluting it with the starter mm. wort that you had that might have been lower lower gravity? And so you're just essentially diluting um, your beer. Yeah, because in 20 gallons, you know, another two isn't isn't going to do a lot. It could have had a little bit of something to do, but it did definitely taste better. Hmm. Not okay. So, again, are you thinking that the alcohol content in the beer is just inhibiting the yeast? It probably. It probably. Because why else wouldn't it just go nuts, right? Like, I'm thinking you throw a whole other pitch. 
Yeah. Just, yeah. It's just it's not. They got drunk. Go home. No, you're you're drunk. Yeah. You're done. And, you, and your second starter yeah. was at, at fermentation temperature. Like you, you Did you do that starter at 50 or did you just cool yeah. it down it, afterwards? It, it, yeah, cool it down the same kind of. Actually, okay. I just was just cooler. It wasn't because it, ambient, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> now we're talking in the middle of, you know, January. So okay, yeah. it's, uh, it was a little bit colder out there. And so, you know, it, it's not a bad beer. It's not. Actually, the, if I brewed this beer, I'd go, oh, <laughs> yeah. well done, Justin. Um, but it's a little sweet, right? right. It's and just, it's, just, uh... it's a little homebrewy. If it, and, and this is not a usual description I would use for your beer. No. But uh, it's, it's – so at this point, I'm – well, what do I want to do with it? Do I doctor it up with other things? I could throw some bourbon in there. It'd be fine. Nicole, did you taste this as well? Just uh, getting to it. I'm just um, – I'm always curious what, when you taste this there's, stuff there's, too. You said there's vanilla in it? And what no, 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 no. I didn't do any of that yet. Oh, no. okay. No. I love the Munich characters. Really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daisy's all about it. Yeah. 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 I like it. Uh, Something I got on my first pass that I want to go back to, there's kind of like a, a solventy kind of ester to it. Is that a high alcohol type thing? Or? Well, there's a solventy ester that gives the impression of a high alcohol, yeah. Okay. Um, they're, they're separate things. Because oh. um, that, that solventy ester is usually ethyl acetate. Which pretty much all ales have a little bit of, um, but then uh, when it's elevated, it starts to taste like nail polish remover because that is nail okay. polish remover. Okay. Um, uh, but it's not uncommon that when you have a beer that has ethyl acetate, that you also have some fusel alcohols present. So I see. I think there's some association there. Okay. So now, Doc, numbers wise, you're not happy, and you taste it, and you're probably not happy because this isn't the Baltic Porter you were going for. It, it's yeah. So I'm, what am I thinking? Well, I could just. Give it to friends who would love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I could doctor it up some other way. Uh, like I said, bourbon, something else in there. Um, throw some oak on it, something like that. It, it'd probably be fine. Okay, but I got a lot of this stuff, so I could experiment some more. Okay, and that's where we went into the the next two things, which is what else can I do to try to make it more to what I wanted. All right. Why don't we do this? Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll find out what more you did to get the beer that you wanted. Sound good? Yep. All right. Doc's helping us fix beer in here. And by the way, we have the finished product to try in the studio as well. So not only are we going to find out the thought process and what he did, we're going to try it as well. Hang in there. It's the session. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. 
More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and a homebrewer's answer book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer, whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer when it spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering, but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. BN Army, I'm here to talk seriously for a second. You all are partially responsible for something explosive, and it's time you answer for it. Moonlight Meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country. Wait, they just landed in Australia with insane quality meads. With nearly 70 different varieties of mead on the market, Moonlight Meadery has blown up the mead category and completely reinvented it. Seriously? What? Seriously? What? You're paying money for that watered-down mead when you could have a Moonlight Mead? Moonlight Meads explode with quality and flavor. They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party? If you want mead and want the best, you want meads from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. And now get 15% off by going to MoonlightMeadery.com forward slash BNArmy and use coupon code BNArmy at checkout. Hey, sign me up for that party.
this session. His leg's too short to listen to crappy radio. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the show, and thanks for hanging out with us, both at home and at the Hop Grenade. we got great beer on tap tonight at the Grenade if you want to come on out. got some cool events coming up, too. You know, uh, we've got Allagash Breakfast is coming up here this Friday at the Hop Grenade. And the following Friday, we're having Tasty Night. It's going to be tasty. Tasty, tasty. Yeah, we've got four different collaboration beers that Tasty has done with uh, great brewers <laughs> around the Bay. They all ask me, so I'm uh, sound like I'm a... I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. We're going to have... Is there like a brown ale or something? There like will be like, a there... Russian River Janet's Brown. Janet's Brown. will be there, yes. There will be... Do you like make up an Italian guy <laughs> There will be Faction Tasty <laughs> Vapor. Yeah. Uh, there will be... Cleophis Queely Session IPA. Cleophis It's a session IPA, but we're calling it a session pale ale. Those guys are cool. And also, I believe, Evil 3. Evil 3 from Heretic. From, yes. from Heretic, which was also brewed with Mitch Steele from Stone. Yeah. So it's going to be one hell of a night here at the Grenade. Yeah, and uh, probably some other Russian River beer that you know that... Uh, might, might find its way down here. Might make its way here. Ooh. That's the rumor. So that's March. That's Friday, the thirteenth of March, and then we've got a, a good Brett Fest with Allagash here this yeah. coming Friday. So uh, it's uh, good things happening at the Grenade. Also, real quick, as we're about to get into uh, how Doc fixed his beer, I want to remind you of our wonderful sponsor over at Beersmith Brewing Software. You can go to beersmith.com right now, and it's a great piece of software. You get a free 21-day trial. It's going to work on your Mac or your PC. I happen to know for a fact that Doc used it as part of his uh, salvation project here with this beer, and he's going to teach us a little bit about how he used Beersmith to save the beer, and you can too. So go right now. uh, If you're going to listen to the rest of the program on your own maybe press pause you get out of the car you go to work you come back um i i recommend you go over to beersmith download the software because doc's actually going to talk to you specifically about how he used the beersmith uh, brewing software to save this beer so go check out our wonderful sponsor over at beersmith.com so doc before the break uh where we left off was that the uh, the repitching of the yeast didn't really cut the mustard and you still weren't willing to give up on the on the beer. So I, I want to know where your head is at. W- what options do you still have to get this beer to ferment out? Okay, we go back to the first option, dump it. Yeah. But as Tasty said, it's still a pretty good beer. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's not. to me. Yeah, it's different. So uh, um, the other thing is doctor it up with something. So you mentioned that, like throw, you could do a little bourbon something. Yeah, or, throw some like peach in there, right? Maybe vanilla. <laughs> yeah, a couple of vanilla beans. Yeah, something, something like that. And but I also want to try to dry it out some. And the two basic methods are going to be dilute it with uh, sterile water. Okay, so literally just add water. Right. Okay. Just act like you're Anheuser. That's right, kids. <laughs> yeah, act, yeah. Like, act like you're Anheuser Busch, and you, right. you you high gravity brew, and then you. Uh, dilute it down to wherever you're going to your target. Instead of eight point eight percent, you make a seven point eight. It's right. not sweet. Right. Did you think of making a new style called sour Baltic porter? <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I didn't. It's everybody's go-to, isn't it? Right. Sour it. Yeah, just yeah, sour. sour it. It. Too sweet. <laughs> sour. A well, it accidentally goes sour. Then they could say it's sour. I right. Do, I do yeah. have a five-gallon cask that would have done that real well for me. That was sitting right there in the corner. Like, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. And but I that's gotta, not the right way to do it. We're joking about that. Right. I, I want to give some good info I, I'm here. Trying to, basically, the only problem that I really had with it, it just wasn't dry enough. Okay. So I'm thinking, okay, if we just dilute it, 
we're going to dilute everything. That means we're diluting the hops. We're going to dilute you know the bitterness. We're going to dilute the maltiness. Color. Every, every, the color, everything. So uh, that's one option. The other one is a rescue beer. I'm going to brew a different beer and brew it to fix things that are in the first beer. Usually, I reserve that though to fix other things, not okay. just not just uh, finishing gravity stuff. So the brewing of a second beer is is also diluting it, but at least then you're allowed to control maybe some of the other components because right. you could add hops back. You can add okay. Mm-hmm. If I get something that's not hoppy or too hoppy, that, then I can add, I can deal with that too. It's, just, it's a different kind of dilution that gives right. you a little more control. Exactly. Here now wait a second though. The day rescue beers of the way. Didn't you do something though in between like? I know this sounds crazy, but like adding Bino and things like that to a beer. What? Was, oh, yeah. yeah. Was that something? That actually, you... actually I, th- I did do that in the, uh, in the primary one, too. Just It's, it's an enzyme. It t- helps break down some of the unfermentables. Did you do that before you repitched? Or yeah, after? I did. That was okay. one of the things. I forgot about that. I tried that. It didn't have a whole lot of oomph. Really? Right. So you literally just take like off the shelf Beano and throw it in there hoping that it breaks down enough enzymes to ferment. You can get the. White Labs does have enzymes that will also do that. Right. If If you have issues about dumping Beano. Out of the box into your fermenter, <laughs> which yeah. for some reason I do. Yeah, you can buy it from White Labs. Oh, excellent! It'll come in a nice little container. It's, I you prefer can that. It it's, yeah. it's basically a galactosidase, and it's a. And of course, it for is. brewers, you can only buy like the hundred pound box kind of thing for so long. <laughs> okay, okay. And now, just now, we're starting to be able to get small quantities of it, so we can use it. Okay. Uh, it, it helps to to break down. Unfermentables, long chain to short chain, long chain mm-hmm. things. You, know, you get ropey beers and things like that. It helps. It helps break them down better. But that didn't work either. It's been around a long time for commercial brewers, yeah. but you just couldn't get it in small enough quantities. And and just to be clear, you literally like went to Safeway, right. And bought. I've Bino. done this before. Okay, it's not new to me. <laughs> they know him at Safeway. Yeah. Oh, um, Bino again. Yeah. Got that yeah. stiff reputation. Okay. God, if I thought of Bino, I, Bino I've <laughs> is a gassy man. I use it as well, but I can't remember any dosing rate to recommend. Do you yeah, have an idea? it's it's only gonna it's it's an enzyme. It's only gonna do so much. Oh, so it's, it's hard to overdo it. Yeah, it's good until it runs out of stuff. <laughs> you to just do. chuck some in there. It's fine. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. No, so it comes in. Two basic model. It comes in the, the pill form, yeah. and it comes in a capsule. I like well, the capsules because you can, it's already. I powder. got a liquid version when I used it before. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they, don't, they don't make thing. that anymore. Doc uh, <laughs> <laughs> knows, man. Yeah. So you, I, would you grind up the uh, pills, or do you let? What no, no, it comes in the capsules. <laughs> capsules kind, so kind of like uh, gel cap. Are you going to open them and gel yeah. cap? Okay. Yeah, gel cap. Looks like I just open them yeah. up and put them in there. Okay, and yeah. it, it has worked for me before in the past. Okay. And how about the gas? You said it worked for him before in the past. It's worked before. So. All right, so you added the Beano. Did it do anything? Not much, no. I've used it in the mash before, and it, it really helps. Okay. But uh, it didn't really work this time. In what scenario would you use it in the mash before you knew it, you had trouble? Just in a high-gravity beer in general? Yeah. I don't okay. use it for trouble or anything. I'm going to have certain uh, adjuncts that are going to have you know, more unfermentables to them. Okay. You know? Do you know, is it is it uh, that enzyme... Alcohol sensitive because I know like pectic enzyme when you add it to fruit fruit must and things like that 
you want to do it before fermentation because alcohol inhibits yeah, it, it, the effectiveness it, of that. It, it can. Okay. Um, also, I, I looked up what the what the ideal temperature is for it. I didn't want to cook it, overcook it, and things. So that's sure. where it comes in when we start talking about the, the rescue beer. Okay. Okay. Because I still had some vino left. <laughs> So the Beano didn't work, and so now you're faced with, with a couple of, well, three options. One we know you're not going right. to do, which is dump it. Uh, your other two options are to dilute it with just uh, sterile water right. or to dilute it with another beer and to actually brew a beer that, that maybe you've designed to, to dilute it. Which option did you choose? Both. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> Why not? Uh, so what did you do, split the batch? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I have so much of it. I've got kegs and kegs of this stuff, okay. so I just... Pulled some out, uh, uh, did some math with it on what I, what I wanted to do with it first, and I I did I pulled out my my beer smith. Uh, if you look in, there's a couple of places to get it. Uh, it'll usually come up in the, the the left pane. It says tools, or up in the top bar, it'll say tools. Click on that, run down to where it says dilution tool. Okay, uh, and then it'll tell you uh, your starting beer or your wort, whatever you're going to have. Yeah, uh, and you put in your volume and your specific gravity, and so I put in the first beer. Yeah, which uh, was what at this point you said about ten thirty? Uh, no, 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 it was, it was down to ten twenty three at this point. 10, okay, yeah, and it's within guidelines, but to me it was just a little, little too sweet. Still, okay, it didn't. Yeah, it just it kind of took away from uh, the roastiness for me. Okay, what it did. So I figured out if I'm going to be diluting it. Uh, I put in my parameters, what I want for them, I, and I did it in short kegs, Scotties. Yeah. And okay, uh, just in case it went awry. Anyway. Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, first one was water, and I, I I had a target in my head what I wanted for uh, the, the final gravity. And it was about a ten twenty one, and I played with the numbers until I got it, and it turns out to be about. 15% of the water. So I, I boiled water, uh, cooled it down. I put it in the keg and just put it in the in the refrigerator and let the, the small keg cool down. Added the wort on top of it up to fill, fill the keg. I knew how much it was in there. Got it carbonated, and that's what you got. Okay. Now, so just to reiterate, you, you found out the dilution factor right. in Beersmith. Very, very important. It helped you know how much water to add. But I also want to reiterate, you're now diluting everything in the beer. The hop, right. everything. Mm-hmm. So it's just sort of across the board. Yeah, and I wasn't worried about it with this beer because it was big everything in this beer. It was okay. big, big maltiness. There was enough hops that it wasn't going to be funny. It's not a big hop-forward beer, but it wasn't going to dilute it down to the point where it was, was you know, noticeable. So one of these beers in front of me is the water diluted beer, right? Right. right. Do we know which one, uh, Moskowitz? Yeah, from left to right, you have your uh, dilute, and then your your other your final the beer diluted. Okay, so, so the middle, on my the left mi- is the, the water. Middle, the yeah. middle one should be the water. Yes, one. that's right. Yeah. Okay. Wait, the middle one. Well, yeah, I think yours is messed up. You you mixed them up, Nicole. You moved the one that was on the left to the right. So that should be your water <laughs> diluted. So yeah, your 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 one on the left is your diluted, and then your middle one is. Yeah. I had them in a row because I didn't have move, room. This is the first one you poured. Okay. okay. Then that one goes so, over here. So get rid of that one. It goes over there. And the, then, the fuller one is the not diluted one. This is the water diluted one. Yes. There so which, is this the second one? So that's what, the one in that your... That one came out of the big bottle, right? 
Yes. Okay. Is the it, water diluted it, one supposed to be second? It's yes. Yeah. Pretty it's obvious. Middle, Except for you did that thing where you put yeah. the ball under the cup and you shuffle the cups real quick. And like, right. Where is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. If a cat can do it. I'm shifty. Yes. So the water oh. diluted one I'm tasting is right. already a better beer. I yes. love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's still a little sweet in 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 my opinion. Um, but I don't feel like the you know the hops disappeared. I don't no. feel like a, a whole bunch of the other uh, yeah, the, components vanished because you diluted it. It's okay. I like it better. That's for sure. I get then the roast like, showed up too. The roast the roast showed up. It's, okay. it's almost like a big ass Schwartz beer now. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get like oh, a, I could see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know something yeah. about sometimes when a beer is just too intense, you can't really taste each component. And on the, in this beer. Because of the dilution, I feel like I can taste the full spectrum of, of flavors that are present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can identify yeah. each one individually. There's something really beautiful about that. Maybe other people don't like that. Maybe they just want to be bludgeoned with the with flavor and not really yeah. know and just drown in the swamp of flavor. But I like each piece to be able to taste each piece and and you know when it comes easily and if you're like this one. It's 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 nice. It's relaxing in a way. Yeah. To, it just to, I think it just made it instantly very drinkable. Yeah. You can no, it just it just goes down too smooth and too easy. And you said this was adding about 15% oh, 15% water. water. That's put, a lot it seems like. Uh, it, and, it was it was in two and a half gallon keg it was maybe a liter. And it, this uh, got you down to what? 10 uh 1021. 1021. Okay. And what is that how does that affect the alcohol content? Uh, I didn't bother punching the numbers in, so it doesn't show but up it was, on the delivery. Oh, so that's was, a good question because eight, you're eight dropping before, your is that eighty five percent is whatever. Well, right, but what was the alcohol content oh, of the twenty three beer? I eight point eight. Okay, so then you could just do some math and figure it out. Well, I, I, could, it. I could plug it back into to Beersmith and figure that out. So Beersmith will tell you that that statistic. Uh, not in the dilution factor here, but it 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 would if uh, it had that on it. Uh, on the dilution tool, and I haven't played with it enough to pass that. Okay. It, it lowers it to about seven and a half. Yeah, it's still a big beer. Okay, yeah, not small for sure. Because that's a good point. Because normally, when you drop the gravity, the alcohol would go up. Right, but when you add water, you're dropping the you're gravity, dropping, and the alcohol is right. going yeah, down. Just as like well. the bitterness and the yeah. malt character is going Everything. down. Everything. So is the alcohol. Okay. Yeah. So I like it, Doc. I, I still don't love it. I but I think it's a much better beer than the first one. I think, in my humble opinion, the regular dilution factor by adding some water was a pretty good option here. Yeah, um, because it made it a better beer. And so you, you just well boiled you just boiled the water and then let it cool. Yeah. and added it in. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Your second option, which you also did, was to brew an entire other beer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, how do you approach this? Um, I look at the beer, what it has, the first beer, and what it has. In it, uh, component-wise, as far as taste and what it's lacking, and what it has too much of, and I try to make an anti-beer. Now, do you do that by <laughs> tasting the diluted one, okay. tasting the watery one, and go, "All right, uh, I want this gravity, but this is what it's lacking"? Or do you do it by tasting the first? The one? first one, okay, all right. Because I mean, I may only do one of these two things. Because yeah. if yeah. I'm doing a rescue beer, it's sometimes there's more than just one thing wrong with it, and dilution is not going to fix it. Okay. So I may brew something that's a lot more hoppy, but a lot drier, because something's the other way. Okay. And just to try to counteract all those things. And then I start blending at this point, because this one I'm blending for gravity. Sometimes I'm blending for flavor. So 
I don't know where I'm going to end up, uh, how much I'm going to use the anti-beer to dilute the, the first one. Yeah. I do a lot of experimenting. I like the okay. anti-beer. It's like a superhero. Yes, it is. Uh, it swoops, so, swoops in. And, so what did you brew? Uh, basically, I brewed another. I didn't want to dilute the Baltic Porter, so I brewed another Baltic Porter. Oh. But I, I used, I wanted, I just was tired of doing everything, and it's way past Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I brewed a pretty fast extract beer with grains. Okay. But being as nerdy as I am, I wanted to try to get the extract more fermentable. So I put uh, some grains in with it, uh, got it up to about 150, put more Beano in it. Beano. And I let that sit in there yeah yeah I let, so i let that sat that was sitting in the mash tun actually and let it sit at 150 i put some and then in the boil kettle i put uh water some extract and the hops and boiled those for a good 45 minutes and so bino can handle 150 degrees yeah. of denature yeah okay for denatures i kept it in the, in the 140 to 150 range uh i'm impressed then <laughs> yeah then, then i put it over then i, I pumped it over uh, to uh, the boil kettle boiled for about 15 minutes just because they'd boil it already. So <laughs> right. okay. I just needed to do that. Uh, cooled it down, and I pitched it pretty much right on top of the conical that I just pulled all of the other first one out of. So do you use Beano in all of your beers? No. <laughs> No, not at all. This is the secret to winning an NHC medal. Every but he year. does do. He, 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 I'm not it, afraid of it. Maybe, yeah, it, maybe it's, it's worth trying at club uh, night. If everybody put Beano in their beers, see what happens. It would be less farty. It'd be more yeah. Yeah. If everybody yeah. just put Beano in their mouth, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Beano may not be the answer to winning a, a medal at NHC, but it may be the answer to NHC. To a right. yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Club <laughs> night for sure. No, oh, it could smell as bad. You just can't hear it. You just have like a big can. Candy bowl uh, at your booth. Big candy bowl of Beano. Just you can reach in and grab a few. Now, so you, you you brew this beer and you say you just dumped it on top of, uh, and I roused it again. But cookies. did you dump the entire amount on top? In other words, did you program into Beersmith? I have to brew no. this much beer and then I should dump all of it into the fermenter. No, no, you didn't no, do that. No, okay. no. I drained the fermenter into kegs. And those went into cold crash and left the yeast. So, and, I, and I left the yeast in there. I said, okay, I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't, I, I didn't blend it in the fermenter. Now no. I understand. Okay, so you didn't dump it on top of the existing beer. Yeah. You dumped it on top of the yeast slurry. Yes, from the okay. first beer. Okay, I'm sorry. Got and it. And then I roused it again, and uh, I didn't oxygenate it at this point. I yeah. just used CO2 and the and the cane and got it mixed up. And good because Beardy oh. and I would not recommend. Well, uh, on the second beer, you didn't give it any oxygen. Um, uh, no, I couldn't just because it's, I, I mean, no, Why not? I, no, I did. I done you that. Must I, have. Right. I was thinking the other, that, that, with the other one. Good. No, I'm no, glad I you did. read our book and yes. added yes. oxygen yes. at the beginning. Page no, three. Oh, right, no, yes. I did. I did it there because it had been boiling. Yes, I did. Right. Yeah. All right. So this one you, all right. Yeah. So your theory this there, is a regular new fermentation. This is a new beer. It's a regular fermentation. It's just like, pitches. no, I did on this one. There, okay. Yes. So many things I had done with this bear. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it gets yeah. kind of confusing. That's no, all right. Th- this one I did because I it, basically I was just took one beer out, dumped another one on top of the yeast cake, stirred it up, and I did oxygenate that one. And it was it another twenty gallons of beer. Yeah, it was. Ish, yeah. <laughs> okay. He only brewed five batches last year. <laughs> right. yeah. 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 So all right. So this one for so what's the OG of of this beer? 
That was about a ten fifty eight beer. Okay. Uh, but I had kept the the IBUs up too. All right. Going around around the thirty ish okay. range. And what did you get it to finish out to? That one finished not as dry as I wanted to. I wanted I wanted it really low, and it, it, it about ten fourteen. Okay. Like what that. temperature did you ferment? The uh, it was a lager temperature. Same stuff. Yeah, this was a little more. This is about a 52, probably. Okay. Still in the low range. Okay. Uh, what did you want it at? 10, 10, 10, 12? Yeah, I wanted it low, like 10, 10, 10, 12, so I could use less of it to get the OG down. Okay. And it ended up being 10, 14 or 10, 15, and it's just, I knew I had to use more of it. Okay. Is there a reason you didn't, say, uh, add some dextrose instead of ec- malt extract? To your starter to kind of get that low gravity. I, I I wanted to try to keep the Baltic Porter character to it, mm. so I wasn't diluting as much. And we, and you know, using you know dextrose in it, I would have got the alcohol up there, and it would have been. I just, it must have just brew a low gravity beer. It's still going to finish out low. I just mm. have more alcohol that way, so I just oh, okay. didn't want to do that. Uh, and and it was an experiment again. So sure. I'm just trying all. I might sure. as well. Yeah. What the hell? Definitely. And so this was just more of an experiment of trying to see what's going to happen, what's going to work. Okay. So now I'm tasting this beer, which the, the you, third one you've also brought us. Yeah. Now this is the one that you diluted yeah. with the the second beer. Right. And this one's about a thirty percent dilution. Got it. So okay. About, I used the the brew, the brew tools again, and. Worked out the numbers and I got is about a thirty percent. Okay. To uh, get to the gravity that I wanted, and this gravity I think was a ten twenty or ten twenty one ten twenty one for that one. Got it. So I'm loving this experiment because the the three beers you, you know you can just you can tell they're all uh, brothers and sisters they they mm-hmm. have the same flavor profile. Um, the water diluted one. Has it, it's a little more subtle to me. It's a little more. All in fact, Nicole was kind of saying I can pick out now the different flavors. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different subtleties. The one that you diluted with beer is a little richer, a little more yeah. in your still way better than beer number one. Um, much more of an in your face kind of a, a flavor profile where uh, less subtleties, more of a, a big Baltic I yeah. think character to it, uh, which I like, but I. I also really kind of like the subtleties of the water diluted. Yeah, one. I do too. That's what uh, I like. It's softer, uh, and you know you think they're all related. And that last one I did treat like a redheaded stepchild. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, Scott. Nothing. <laughs> what do you think about Shut the uh, the other one, Nicole? With the, now that the one that's diluted with beer, and and anybody, uh, uh, what you guys think? I'm glad they're warmer now too, because yeah. usually when they come yeah. out of my refrigerator, they're really cold, and you don't get. All the cool flavors out sure. of like this. Yeah. So the all the harsh fermentation characters that are in the first one were really kind of successfully, you know, made much milder in the in the beer blended version. Mm-hmm. Um, so you still get that little bit of um, uh, ethylacetate, but it's not like in your face solvent. It's kind of a background note that kind of plays into this overall flavor of the beer like offering this like very faint hint of like a fruity character okay uh, yeah that kind of like you would get in a nice chocolate like it has you know a little hint of a fruity character that kind of makes the chocolatey flavor seem more chocolatey okay uh so it, it's a kind of nice background yeah. uh contrasting note instead of being this like 
prominent intense like your fermentation is fucked up bro kind of yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. of aroma it's just it's just part of the beer and this is actually a beautiful beer this is like you know this is a, like a 40 point beer in the in a, this blended version versus that original one which is you know probably the biggest hot mess i've ever tasted from doc <laughs> from doc right that's yeah. why i didn't that's, yeah that's why it almost didn't make it out of the out of the brew house yeah, but it's really interesting to me the the water diluted and the beer diluted one. How similar they are with that that background flavor, that same kind of sweetness, a little bit of the fruity sweetness that you're mentioning. I'm just I'm really surprised that one at thirty percent beer and one at fifteen percent water is still so similar. Well, the, the gravities are almost the same, and they're almost the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but uh, to me, side by side, they're totally different. Yeah, me yeah. too. To me, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I get a lot less perceived sweetness out of the water diluted. Me, one. Yeah, there's a huge mouthfeel difference. Yeah. Okay, that's a big, the huge yeah. difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the beer diluted one is a lot more successful at tasting like the original ten twenty three beer. Um, but kind of like Nicole said, and I think Justin said also that. The the water diluted beer is more interesting to me and mm-hmm. I, and more drinkable to me, um, so I'd prefer that one. Yeah. But if your goal is I like this beer, but I need to get it drier, um, then dilute with another beer might be a, a better approach than just water. Sure. I, I just it's or do there's there's such different right. beers. I couldn't yeah. the, the original one. It's a nice beer. I just couldn't drink a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I got a lot of it. And the, the diluted one with water, I just think it tastes like a Schwartz beer on steroids. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's a lot drier. Uh, the roastiness just pops out of it. It's a nice beer. And then you get to the other one, and, and it brings back all the the chewiness, the mouthfeel that, that uh, the original one had. Yeah, but it's not as cloyingly sweet. Something else that's really interesting to me about this is that both the water diluted and the beer diluted have this like prominent malt flavor that I think is what you intended and what mm-hmm. you wanted out of the first one. And you can really see like a brewer like Doc who's really mastered the basics of fermentation. When something goes slightly awry, like he's managed to fix it. And both of these fixed in quote air quotes beers <laughs> have a quality that's shared of this uh kind of like rich uh graham crackery like chocolate graham cracker kind of malt yeah. flavor and you can see like this is what the brewer was intending this is the design of the beer and in beer number one it just got a little off kilter and other flavors are distracting but he got it on course on both of the beers or both of the rescue beers both of them are pretty different, but they both have that flavor. And you can see, like, that was the design. That was a recipe that he was going for, was to get that sure. chocolate graham cracker flavor. Yeah. And that's cool. It's a talented, uh, talented brewer. And, and really knowing what you're going for. And I didn't throw away any beer. You didn't yeah. throw away any beer. <laughs> so wow. the point is, you actually ended up with a, more beer at the end <laughs> yeah. than yeah. what you intended. The takeaway from that isn't you need to be a great brewer like Doc and brew all the time until you get to that point. The point is you need to know what, you're, what you want your beer to taste like. And yeah. that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. If you don't know what your finished beer, what you want it to taste like, what you're going for, what that specific flavor you want is, yeah. you're not going to know if your beer is off or not. And you're not going to know how to fix it. Right. You have to have a clear idea like, 
I want my beer to taste like this. This is something I've had before. How can I get there? And chase that. Brew the same beer 80 times until you get there, and that's how you become a better brewer. Can't wait till I feel that way. (laughs) (laughs) Until I know what I want. (laughs) Another 10 years and you'll be a tenth of the way there. Yeah. And just as a a, a related note here, and and some of you are going to, this is obvious to some of you. uh, Doc and I did this same experiment very easily with the water dilution. Doc brought in a bottle of just the beer that didn't finish out and and poured me a uh, same glass that that we're using here in the studio. And then we took a bottle of water and we added water to it ourselves to get the <laughs> so you can experiment it by the way before you go through the whole process just by adding a little water now of course the water wasn't carbonated yeah, it wasn't carbonated it flattened the beer a little bit but what nicole's talking about knowing what we we hoped the beer would taste like we did the same thing by just adding a little water to the beer that we had already brewed and tasting it in a glass it, 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 it uh, was like a wine that opened up or yeah you know, it just it was it worked really well it was a nice way to, to just yeah. check it out um of course now tasting the other two finished products was even better but um but nicole is a big point of you know when i finished the beer out and that's when i get disappointed is when it doesn't come out what i was shooting for yeah and it's it's just not bad it but it's just not my numbers were there this everything was on but it just it's no i wanted more roastiness i wanted more this in it and that's when i hmm, what am i gonna do brew another beer yeah it's it's i love it yeah well and it helps you pick which method that you would choose whether you wanted to add water or brew another beer and dilute it because if your goal is to have a really nice dry kind of more crisp slightly roasty beer you would add water or if you wanted if mouthfeel was more right. important to you and you wanted a big thick chewy beer then you'd want to do add add the beer to it yeah and so that's like to Nicole's point and you it, have to know what you want then that determines which method you would use so this basically diluted them down which is what I was going going to do to the same OG yeah and Two totally different things come out of it. It makes me wonder if that Star Sand beer I brewed a long time ago would actually have been okay. You still have some in the cellar? It just makes yeah. me wonder if I, I threw it away too soon. You know, I could have tested it again. It's food grade. <laughs> yeah. It, it's very You're sanitary right, beer. <laughs> well, Doc, thank you for screwing up a beer finally. Sure, no and problem. then uh, going through the process of teaching us how to do something with it. I, uh, what a great segment. I really enjoyed it, and I think that people learned a little something out of it. So, As long uh, as you learned something. I think I did. <laughs> he, he won't apply it to anything. But. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, uh, yeah, Mike from Society, the, the poor bastard, is brewing with me on this Quaff Brewing Network All collaboration. Right. I don't know poor what decision. he's thinking. But, uh, Mike, listen to this program as well as some of the others and realize what you're getting yourself into he's gonna do and, a really um, good job of milling your malt though well he wrote oh, yeah. he wrote our recipe you guys want to hear our recipe yeah. sure no i'll do that before the break here <laughs> i mean yes and <laughs> so uh <laughs> so mike and i decided to do a nutters brown ale nutters nut brown oh, that's disgusting ale <laughs> All right. so we're doing nutters nut brown are you gonna wear nutters like, while you're brewing like, it on saturday i think so, when yeah. you turn around it, is, it could be a little Gross. salty now, um, turtles, turtles, nutters. Mike <laughs> wrote the recipe, and then he ran the recipe by the uh, a brewer Travis at Society too. Uh, Travis' response apparently was, "Let's see, I ran it by Travis. He said that should be sufficiently brown." 
and then walked away. <laughs> so that was our input. That's, our right. that's a lot for me. Okay. Yeah, right? I that's fear for you. Did you know Travis? That's You're right on. That, to me, that's, that's, a that's a seal of approval from Travis. Like from a cop? Yeah, fuck yeah. Did you use crystal malt? Because Travis is against using crystal malt. All right, well, here's what we got. Um, oh, yeah, we did. Shit. Uh, all right. That's why you got the correct answer. Right. And, and, yeah. and, and Tasty, I'm, I'm, yeah. I would like you to pay attention because I'm very oh, yeah, interested like in, in your input here. Uh, we're doing a Nutter's Brown. Uh, nine pounds of two-row, uh, one pound of crystal 60, half a pound of crystal 20. How big is the batch? I'm sorry. Um, we're going to be doing uh, 10 gallons. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, our, well, Just read percentage-wise. Yeah. yeah, that's better. He gave me pounds. Okay, <gasps> then just read pounds. Sorry, Danny. Um, <laughs> pound of what? C20? Uh, half half pound, pound C20. Uh, well, one pound of C60. Yeah, sorry, half yeah. a pound of C20. Right. Uh, half a pound of carapils. Uh, half a pound of flaked oats. I'm with that. A uh, third a pound of chocolate. An eighth of a pound of black patent. Wow. What's the starting That's brown? Sufficiently brown. That's our, our malt bill. That is sufficiently brown. And, and, uh, okay. He didn't give me any of those numbers yet. He was just throwing the recipe at me like, hey, what do you think? We haven't finalized Bounced it. it. Just, so I'm doing it with you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, and so is this American or English? <laughs> yeah. It's what a Nutter's what Brown. What's the, hot, what's the hot profile? Let yeah, me get there. What, uh, all right. Uh, so now we're going to do a half ounce of EKG. Uh, mostly English. EKG is what we're doing here. At 60, uh, an ounce at 30, an ounce of Willamette at 5. I'm a fan of Willamette. I really like that, huh? And then uh, one and a quarter ounce uh, EK, back to EKG at uh, Flame Out. Mm. Uh, he's got, got us. There. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit, isn't it? Yeah. 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 He's got us mashing at 154 degrees. Okay. And um, we're going to use uh, good old Cal Ale, I think. Can't go wrong with some Cal Ale. And, so he's uh, not going to do the English yeast. Huh? You know, no. That should be good. What, what was which the, I'm a fan of. I don't want to use English yeast either. How much was the? How many ounces on the bittering edition? But half or something. Half. Oh, okay. It sounds like it's going to be a kind of low gravity beer, only being 13, little 14 pounds mm-hmm. for a 10 gallon batch. Yeah, but it's going to finish high at 154, and yeah, got a lot of crystal. Sounds nice. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Does it? Or are you being yeah, sarcastic? Hopefully, you won't <laughs> fuck it up too much, Justin. Right. Does it sound nice before I fuck it up? Right. Well, if it, it, does. If it tastes okay. Yeah. Wait. So Mike came up with shitty, the recipe. They're just going to believe it on you anyway. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, there's I'm like okay. a there's I'm a la- severe lack of brown ales in the Bay Area. You know? I agree. There's yeah. you go other places. You like you go to Colorado. You get that like Bull and Bush brown. Like that's that's some good stuff. We don't have anything like that out here. Like the closest to get is Evil Twin. You know. Also, a severe lack of nutters in the Bay Area. I agree with all of these statements. We lack nutters. Yeah. Because what I we didn't talk much about it. Mike and I, we we think together on a different level. You know, we don't have to. <laughs> yeah, you guys don't even have to talk. You just no, look at me. You just, I, you just, you just said, put your fingers up to each other's lips and go, shh. <laughs> just, just stay right there. Uh, I said Nutter's Brown Ale. He said yes and sent me a recipe. And I think he knew that I don't want to, like, I want sort of a hybrid between an English brown and a Janet's brown, right? I don't want an overly hoppy brown ale, nor do I want it too mild like an English brown ale. I want something like right in the middle. No, not at all. (laughs) Shit, I love JBA. But for my beer, I wanted it right down the, you know, something like that. And I think Mike... Right down the where? He took it. Right down the middle of the nuts. He knew. Right Right down the nuts. (laughs) 
He wants his nuts totally satisfying. Why is he using nuts? this black patent? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, the black is. patent's the only thing that kind of threw me off. But yeah. it's only just a little bit. Okay. Maybe crank it down a little more. I thought maybe we would just sprinkle the black patent on the top. Maybe you just when we scarge. Yeah. Before well, you start. <laughs> then it'll be sufficiently brown. There and not be, uh, uh, black patent. Enough color. But, you know, a, a malted, uh, I would like to use, if I was uh, making this beer, would be a brown malt. Yeah, brown malt, like just plain whole brown malt. No, it's a base malt. It's called. Okay. It's a base malt. But take a pound out yeah. of the base. Yeah, like a nine instead of nine, make it eight. Get a lot of eight pounds of churro and pound then brown one malt. a brown malt. Yeah, and that's yeah. just that's a regular sort of a yeah. yeah. Well, a they new, used to use it in brown porters. It's like a new old malt. Right. Yeah, oh. it's, yeah it's a new old malt. They used to, <laughs> mostly in brown porters, they use a good amount. Of then I get rid of the that. black patent. Uh, it's very flavorful, though. Yeah. So be careful. You gotta, you gotta be careful with it. And you know, I'm gonna like, make a he's note. gonna have a lot of flavors and, in and, there. I mean, An evil very, twin. Like we use very, roast very barley old. and uh, dehusk carafa. What about instead of the crystal? Could you use brown instead of the crystal? Mm, no. Because no. crystal you're not gonna get the sweetness. You're yeah. not gonna get that caramel. So right. you guys like the two different types of crystal and the amount that we're using. It's more like a slightly Who, who said, more I didn't even mention anything about that. I'd probably use Oh, yeah, there's a... Uh, yeah, I know. How would you describe well, brown malt? so little like, of it that I don't think it'll matter. You're fine. Maybe, I mean, it's a pound of, of 60 and a half a pound That's of That's what I'm talking about. There's so, so little That's of it in there percentage-wise. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to make a big difference. To okay. me, brown malt is like a really dark brown bread crust. Like yeah. just the out, outer part of the crust when it's a very dark... I like but that. It's still, I mean, it's oh, still mean a the, base malt. The stuff you scrape off. Oh, I'm just saying the flavor. Right, the stuff you scrape off. That's brown malt. Oh, I don't yeah. scrape flavor it off. I me. eat it. But of course it, you so do. I like would you it. describe it as like a deeper marisotter, like marisotter, like more roasted? Because I mean, you can still. I mean, it still has provides yeah. a lot of fermentables. It's not like crystal malt. Yeah, but, it's got fermented. It's, it's a base malt. It's a base but malt, but it's not like sure. Munich malt. It's like it's, no, like, it's English like Munich. Munich. It's like the English version of Munich malt. It's like it doesn't have any of that peanut buttery stuff. Yeah, it's more like. So let me get this straight because I have to go get the ingredients, which is where I usually start to screw things up. Uh, if I go to more beer, <laughs> they have it. Uh, I got this malt. It's Mike. just called brown malt. Brown malt. Yeah. Yep, they have it there. I saw oh, it. Well, that's uh, easy. Yesterday. But- I've used See, it everybody always it. tells me that, and then I go there, and I go, do you have any brown malt? They go, it. we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, but here's do what I do. But, you but look, I feel like I, you guys are fucking with me. Look on I the website. It. Anybody else should be able to find it. Just look on the yes, website first. Right, yeah. yeah. You're making an IPA. You go there. Use some IPA malt. <laughs> I, yeah, guys, do you have any IPA malt? Never heard of it. Oh, you should totally do that. I dare you. I'm so yeah. dare you to do that. Uh, the, more beer would be expected it. of me. It's, I, I'd have to go to a new store to, to make it They're funny. Because more beer would be like, you know, they, they only Justin's have double IPA malt. Send somebody else in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they'd say to me, like, do you want the younger malt? We have younger malt. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're looking for. You got to wait in line for it, though. All right. Well, I've made a note to write back to Mike that maybe we would replace one pound of two row with a pound of brown malt. Yeah. And then, are you saying that maybe that would uh, eliminate our black patent? Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I would I'd drop use the black, black patent. No. I don't want to tell him what to do. I'm a diplomat. I'm just going to suggest just blame it on that. that maybe the black seems like a little overkill for the rest yeah. of the recipe. Yeah. I think like, it'll overpower why, it. Why even use EKG if you're going to put black patent all in there? It's like, yeah, Justin, pull uh, it over. Pull your diplomat up. Make him think it was his idea. That's what you do. Right? <laughs> right, yeah. Well, he's probably listening, so it's not going to work. Oh, yeah, Mike, this is your idea. Uh, yeah. So now you're, now yeah. you're I'm more of a hypnotist than a diplomat. <laughs> now you're, Mike, a real you're going to get rid of black yeah. patents. I, I don't want to get you nuts in a bind, but got to make <laughs> yeah. these suggestions. Yeah. He could use, was that a third? Was how, much, how much chocolate? A third a pound? Uh, chocolate, chocolate is a third, yeah. That's a lot, too. A third of a, uh, third of what? Well, no, a sorry. third of a pound. Nah, not for, a not third of chocolate. a pound. You could use a half a pound. Yeah. Chocolate's pretty forgiving. 
Half pound of chocolate. Or even some half pale pound chocolate. Third. Yeah. Pale ounces, chocolate uh, might be nice. Pale, it's, it's fairly forgiving. It's not like you're putting you in booper roasty stuff. So, Doc, I'm probably going to have you help me put this into Beersmith because... Okay. Uh, you need help putting things into Beersmith? <laughs> yeah. You're not really helping your, you know... I'm not looking to. Now. I'm honest about like, it. Well, you know, I, okay, first of all, Beersmith is very simple to use. Now we can do it, and I, you know, your it sponsor, is. and uh, it's easy to use, and only Justin is really the only person Well, because he never uses it, because he never... <laughs> actually, no, you're 100% about all of this, Nicole. You, you could... It is easy to use. However... You need to dial your system into it, just like everything else. Uh, yeah, that's true. So that, because like these guys are talking about, we could be dealing with percentages here rather than just pound and everything else. But because I haven't dialed my system into it, I screw it up every time. It's like the beauty yeah. and the difficulty of that, that software. Yes. If, my, if I were to just once and for all dial my system into Beersmith, then yes, anybody could throw me a recipe and, yeah. I, could, and I could punch in. That is the beauty of Beersmith. But I don't want to screw up poor Mike's recipe, Doc, is what I'm getting at. So maybe uh, you can help I think me. We already did. Maybe you can help me look at my, uh, my beautiful More Beer 1550. Uh, I already do have a profile for it in here. Okay. We can just take a look at it, maybe make a tweak or two, put this recipe in, because i got to go buy all these ingredients this week. Okay. The big yeah. question is, where you're gonna, are you going to mill it at more beer? Yeah. I always do the milling that right in, there. Because more beer's mill, JP used my mill one time, and yeah. it messed with his numbers, because mine's set a bit tighter right. than more beers. So just take that into account also. I will you, that's accept, setting in, I, in Beersmith. I'll have. I I always use more beer. I am far too lazy to do my own milling elsewhere because it like requires that's like a, I did a hand crank once. Uh, oh wow! The whole Whoa, I put a drill really? on it. I just hooked my uh, drill up and that was no good thing. either. Just at more beer, you, you gotta you gotta you mill it, like, dump it all right into before. the hopper and you you flip a switch and you pull a lever and it's done. It's and brilliant. Right. And then it just oxidizes until you brew. <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah. It comes out. Nah. It's fine as long as you it's do right. it too, it's, don't you? Of course I yeah. do. Because yeah. you know you're lazy and then you're like, oh, I'm actually not going to brew today and then you're milled grains since they're for like a week and a half. Okay, that has happened before. And then you're However, like, did, turn out? Did that's you write true. the book on oxygen, Nicole? I don't think so. That's right. Yeah. right. <laughs> and in fact, I, while I will admit to that happening, I am far more apt to throw it away and go buy new malt again. I'm that guy. That's smart. Yeah, I'm just like, well, I screwed this up. Depends Take the on where you keep and, it. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to? Well, the rats you like to wear it. As soon as when you're mashing as possible. I, I do it pretty close, but if you it's kind of like making. Well, it's happening this weekend. I can't back out of this one. <laughs> All right, I'm buying the shit on Wednesday and I'm brewing on Saturday. You're fine. Thank you. Okay. Justin's going to be there. He's going to have a pot with some, like, you and, know. You know if you sorry. think you're going to screw that up, just have one of them mill it for you. <laughs> Which I probably. I've done that many I'm times. not even going to measure it out. Uh, I'm going to call David Wonder at more beer. I'm going to send him this thing. I'm going to be like, David, help a brother yes, out. Yes, why do when you can delegate? I know. <laughs> That's right. And, and That's my. And it'll get done three have days later. You see my t shirt, Moskowitz? <laughs> why do when you can delegate? Uh, all right. Anyhow. All right. We're going to take a break. Doc, thank you for training us out to uh, uh, a few ways to fix a beer. When we come back, we're going to talk to Adam Mills. We're bringing back one of my favorite segments called Happy Hour, which is actually about brewers' screw-ups. Adam Mills from Crankers when we return. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit Visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. If you don't know Yeast Man, you're missing out. White Labs Yeast Manager, Yeast Man, is available free to any brewer. Yeast Man is your direct link to White Labs Yeast Production Facility. Yes, you can check yeast availability, and yes, you can place an order, but Yeast Man is much more. View yeast quality control and analytical reports. See your big QC day entries and reports. Get access to the entire White Labs catalog, specials on overruns of freshly made yeast, and customized options for your account. Yeastman is the only real-time online ordering in the business connected directly to factory production. Yeastman is always on and always live. It's the largest online marketplace for specialty brewer's yeast and related products. Visit yeastman.com today and tap directly into White Lab's production facility. Gonna brew? Yeastman to the rescue. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019 and get the Five Star Treatment today. 
Adventures in Homebrewing have the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipes. Some of the things homebrewing.org creates and manufactures in-house are the Brutus brew stands and propane burners, the serial killer adjustable two-roller grain mill with seven-pound hopper, custom stainless steel false bottoms designed to fit kegels, coolers, and mini-sized brew pots. The brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing have designed a huge selection of original recipes for extract and all-grain brewing. Adventures in Homebrewing original recipes are tried and tested, proven to be of the best quality. And right now, Adventures in Homebrewing is shipping 24 of their best recipes for free. Visit homebrewing.org for the most current selection. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And now, it's even easier with free shipping on these kits. Brewing Network listeners receive 10% off their homebrewing.org orders when they use coupon code IPA at checkout. See terms and conditions for full details. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. All right, boys and girls, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, A little break there while we fed our faces and uh, got some beer in our bellies. Thank you, Susie, for sorting us out. Susie's doing a great job in Bevo's absence. Who needs Bevo when we have Susie? Right. I need Bevo. I love Susie. Well, that's our anti Bevo. (laughs) Yeah. Susie needs Bevo. Oh, Bevo, please. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) She's still rude from 600 miles away. She is. She's very rude. Disneyland doesn't help her. In a related story, you're a douche. Ah. (laughs) Yep. All right, real quick, let me let you know about our good friends over at Adam and Eve. You can go to adamandeve.com, and in case you were looking for adult Why does products. Why be real quick? Take your time. Just give me a little longer this time. Just That's as long slow, as you can go. Slow down, like, radio voice. Like maybe nine minutes. <laughs> I'm going to spend nine minutes on Adam and Eve right now. You couldn't take nine minutes. <laughs> were you talking to me? Because you're no, right. her. Because I would be about a good three and a half. Oh, really, dog? <laughs> All right, adamandeve.com right now. If you go over there, you get a bunch of good stuff. If you're not getting enough, they're going to give you more. Go to adamandeve.com. Um, first of all, you're going to get 10 free gifts. 10! Wow. Well, where like does to, it end? Can people call and, in? I'd like yeah. to know That's what these more. 10 free gifts are. That's it's ridiculous. Right. Time. Who gives 10 free gifts? Or the not, ne- is the next copy they give you Nine condoms 20? and a right, butt yeah. plug. Here's what you get. You get a, a sexy surprise for her, a, uh, a second specially selected toy for him, uh, and then a third uh, something that you'll both like. Uh, plus, you're going to get six full-length adult movies on That's DVD. That's only nine. Uh, number 10, <laughs> free shipping on the entire order. Oh. That's your 10th gift. So what do you have to do to get it? Just uh, go to adamandeve.com, uh, search for the stuff that you want, and then use coupon code BNARMY. That's Does B-N-A-R-M-Y. Free shipping is the best gift. Yeah, that's Wait, a good gift right e- there. Kind of turns yeah. me on. It doesn't come in. <laughs> Sorry, Suze, is it what? Don't mind me. I'm are you counting to, gifts? I'm trying to count gifts. Oh, there are 10 <laughs> gifts. Oh, yeah. Let's go through it but together. I'm really right. bad at math. So you're like, it? for him, for her, for both. Him, her, That's both. Three. And then six DVDs. That's, okay. That puts you at nine. nine. Do you get to yeah. choose the and then, DVDs? Yes, you do. Oh, yes. <gasps> for many different categories. All sorts Such of categories. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. You know. BBWs? Couples. <laughs> <laughs> 
couple. Mi- really? Uh, Maybe a couple's is a category. Mi- missionary. <laughs> <laughs> this is the hop grenade version of the categories. Uh, um, people who like each other. Right. That's a category. Oh, Special <laughs> hug. Uh, honeymoon. <laughs> Yeah. Commitment. <laughs> There's definitely like a committed category. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. College uh, college throwback. You know, loyal monogamy. That's a great category. Oh, those DVDs are amazing. Purely for They're having just... children. <laughs> They're flying yeah. off the shelf. Yeah. Commit. Uh, R- repeat your vows. There's all sorts of uh, great uh, categories. Uh, I want another child. Oh, man. Because it's your anniversary. <laughs> Just go over to adamandeve.com right now and use coupon code BNARMY. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y. All right. So I wanted us to bring back uh, a segment because it's just one of my favorites. We called it Happy Hour, but uh, the point is that it's it's not so happy. Let's bring back Happy Hour, shall we? <laughs> That's right, the segment where we get to talk to brewers about how unhappy they were on a specific occasion. And now, let's see who f***ed up this week. It's our good old friend Adam Mills from Cranker's Brewery in Michigan. Mills, welcome back to the program. Hey, everybody. How's it going? You know, if there's one guy we can count on to screw things up, it's you. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. <laughs> so we thought we'd bring Mills back to talk about now. Now, Mills was a, a home brewer for quite some time and a teacher of young, troubled youth, uh, which I'm sure worked out great. Maybe that's why he turned to alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I was super good at that. <laughs> you were great at it. And eventually became a professional brewer and, uh, in my opinion, has... Well, screwed up probably more than anybody else on the brewing earth. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually just added. Uh, I actually just added to my list recently. I was. Uh, I mean, everything's to scale, right? When it's five gallons, you can only make five gallons worth of mess, right? Um, and when it's fifteen barrels, you uh, you can make a little bit more. Uh, I have a direct fire kettle, um, and. What I usually do is, as I'm transferring word over to the kettle and heating up the kettle, because it is direct fire, uh, I will I will turn my whirlpool pump and get some uh, get some movement in the kettle so I can prevent scorching and whatever. And usually, what I do is I shut that pump off um, about six degrees shy of boiling, uh, so because it so it doesn't get too crazy in there. And, like, uh, like I went out to order lunch. Uh, and I shut the and I shut the uh, the whirlpool pump off, but I didn't turn the flame down like I needed to. Uh, nah. I didn't even go out and talk to like the bartender. I went out, put in my order, came back in, and about ten feet outside the brewery, I said to our other brewer, Andy, I said, "Do you smell wort?" <laughs> and and I said, and he said, "Yeah." And I said, "Man, I really smell wort." And then we went inside the brewery, and there was probably about three feet of steam that was sticking to the top of the ceiling. It looked like an upside-down rock concert. Uh, Wirt was my favorite guy. Was full on ejaculating out of my kettle. Oh, wow! Um, and now, granted, this was actually—I well, I joke about it and stuff—but this was very bad news. Like, uh, 
you know, if you get that stuff on you, it's going to be, it's going to be big trouble. So okay. <laughs> I was able to get to my burner, uh, and cut that off. I lost four barrels oh, of man. beer, a fair four barrels of wort. Wait, help me uh, out here. What was it shooting out of? Like, out of? It, do you have uh, a big open the, kettle the, or the opening? Yeah, the 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 the, the, the manway. <laughs> oh, so a manway. The place yeah, okay. you want to be standing if this happens. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Okay. You know the so, Russian. The uh, Russians have nothing today, on you. Uh, I, I'm probably cleaning the third of another maybe five layers of wort that's still in some places in the brewery. Um, so but yeah, so that happened, and, and it's depressing. You know what I mean? Because I've been doing it for three years. Wait, this one just, just happened? Yeah, yeah, this was a few weeks ago, and it's just that, <laughs> and, and it's it, it's that cautionary tale. You got to you got to keep your shit straight, man. Yeah. You know, as much as you feel as if you're in the you're in the zone with what you're doing, and you're confident with what you're doing, you always have to be diligent. How, how is it possible so. that, that you didn't make this mistake earlier than now? I don't know. I, I think I maybe was shooting my mouth off to Andy. I'm like, you know, some days it just feels good. Like, you know, like you're just doing your thing. You're being busy and, you know, knocking things out. And then next thing you know, yeah. And so it, it was funny because once I got the kettle off, you try forcing yourself to laugh about it. And so I'm just standing there. And Andy, thankfully, did the best thing, which was give me the most awkward man hug on earth as we watch, <laughs> as we watch foam continue to pour out of the kettle. <laughs> so uh, it was a tender moment, too. Yeah. Um, hey, like, and, Andy, uh, uh, get your wiener off my leg. Uh, <laughs> it's disgusting enough in here as it is. I'm just trying to make you feel better, Adam. Yeah. What's right? Problem? Well, it's, it's one of those things where I, I think he's been angling for that for a while, and he's like, uh, well, <laughs> kind of down in the dumps. I don't know. Maybe. Sounds Not like sabotage chance. to me. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, so I, that happened. This is only now. This one happened recently, but this is a long list of of, of nice screw ups that you've had. <laughs> uh, why don't you tell us about your first brew day? Oh, the first brew day again. Uh, direct fire. Uh, direct fire. Uh, uh, direct fire kettle. Um, and we just opened it up. You know, the thing full blast or whatever, and tried to maintain. Uh, As you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tried to tried to maintain the boil with it and and that was that was a real mess and so anyways got through the brew day and all uh ran off uh through the bottom of the kettle and then i see scorching and everything on the bottom of the kettle um and as soon as it's cool enough i jump in there to bust out whatever whatever is in there and i'm fine and i need to find out if it's caramel or if it's char you know what I mean? So actually, it was much more caramely than anything. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to pitch yeast. It's a little bit. It was a it was a pale beer, pale hoppy beer. And so I'm like, well, you know, if it has a little bit of color on it, a little bit of caramel character, I can get by because I didn't really have any of that built in anyway. It's not a disaster yet. So um, this was at a point in time when our glycol system and the plumbing for it was especially a shit show. Um, and so anyways uh i pitch yeast i'm feeling like a big boy man shit i left teaching for this you know what i mean first brew day yeah okay everything wasn't perfect but the the work tastes decent we're we're gonna be all right I'm, i'm pitching i'm clean you know so i come in the morning and i can actually smell from outside the brewery I can smell something that's weird. I get in the I, I get in the the door and I still have another door between me and the brew house. Uh-oh. 
and I can smell fusel alcohol. Uh, I can smell like wild ass esters. Then I smell shitty fermentation, obviously. So I bust through that door and it's blown off all over the place. I look at the temperature gauge. The temperature gauge is at 96 degrees. Uh, what happened was we had 96 degrees. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the glycol system failed. So now it's a saison. So Caramel it just kept saison. circulating the glycol. Wow. And, uh, so and kept heating glycol? it up. Oh, it was hot man. glycol, yeah. yeah. Oh, the recirculation. Because the glycol will work both ways, right? Like it'll yeah. either stay cool or stay hot. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, and, and since the chiller took a shit, all it was doing was being pumped around. Yeah. And friction, friction was heating picking up. up. Picking up heat. Uh, so it was just calling for hot glycol when, of course, it wanted cold. <laughs> uh, so this was, I mean, I left my job for this. Uh, I got kids, man. This is not like... <laughs> yeah, you're, you're feeling like, oh, yeah. shit. But forget you, Mills. How, I, do, how do you think your bosses felt? Like, who did we hire? Well, yeah, exactly. Thing. Well, but thankfully, thankfully, though, I mean, the, the chiller shit wasn't on me. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, man. If but, I'm yeah. you, I'm thinking like, well, shit, I'm pretty sure they need teachers in Guam. <laughs> uh, maybe it's nice there this time of year. I don't know. So I had to have that conversation with my boss, man. I had to call him and tell him, man, this is not, you know, this this beer. It's we're we're we're, we're going to have to dump this thing. This is not this is not. Good. I mean, you can just smell it. How'd it you go? What'd what he mean? say? Um, and uh, so, anyways, uh, I'm pretty sure I cried. I'm, I'm, I cry <laughs> at things, anyways. Wait, wait, but, did I mean, you cry? Did you cry on the phone with your boss? Uh, I, I wouldn't say that shit. There was. It, it was high tension times, man. You never know, and I might have shed a t- shed a tear. To what did your time. boss say to you when you said, "Look, I know we I, just spent ten grand on this batch, but I have to pour it out." What do you say? I think we were both just saying, "Fuck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's like, "Where's your resume again? What, what was your qualification?" I can't tell if Adam's laughing or crying right now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's like, it's like he starts with a laugh and then it kind of segues into it's a like, I know. God, I know. <laughs> I, I know he must have said at one point, it just blurted out, did you not check the glycol system? Oh, did he? And you're not supposed to, but he had to yeah, set it. Set it forget it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Glycol you know, so... So anyhow, the the kind of the silver lining on that was we have uh, I have serving tanks uh, up in a loft up in a mezzanine above the restaurant. So I used that opportunity to push that beer upstairs to make that transfer, and then I dumped the beer right. And so when I dumped it out down the drain in the mezzanine, uh, it was all foam. I mean, it's this raging. Uh oh. Primary fermentation. Wait, which, so, which drains did it come uh, out of? The yeah. best thing about it, and it was one of those things where you're so emotionally on overload when you see what happened. Like, it actually did just bring you joy, even though it was a, a larger <laughs> shit show. It was it was gushing out of the toilets and the men's oh, bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and because uh, it couldn't deal with that foam, you know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was actually, that was the one cool thing that happened. I uh, wish I was on that toilet like that. at oh, that yeah. moment, <laughs> and I just started. Tick- what is tickling my rear end? Come for a 
what beer of the day. <laughs> I have a feeling it was moving with vigor, though. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, so that's, we, that's the might... secret. At Crankers, we have beer bidets. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's fully your bum. <laughs> Come for the so, beer, stay for the bidet. <laughs> so they brewed the first Nutter's Brown. Yeah, they might have, yeah. <laughs> so... So yeah, we had that go down, um, <laughs> or not? I, yeah, <laughs> there was that. Yeah, that come up. <laughs> um, and then I had my, I had my first. Uh, my, it's been my only negative dry hopping experience. Um, where uh, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Uh, it was toward, toward the end of fermentation. I, I shut the CIP arm off, so I, I've built up a little pressure uh, in uh, in the fermenter. And, uh, and it, it had to have been like that for a little bit. And because when I was getting ready to dry hop, what I usually do is I'll push CO2, uh, in through the CIP arm. So when I take the, when I take the four inch port off, I have gas coming out of the fermenter as opposed to, you know, just whatever the hell that wants to drop in there, letting it drop in there, you know? Okay. Um, Positive so I have this pressure. free flow of CO2 coming out of the tank, you know, to try to protect myself. A, a gentle flow. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and uh, so so anyways, I'd realized that I had pressure on the tank. And I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? I'm, I'm just going to drop this pressure. And me and Bill were there at the time. I, the, the other guy I was brewing with, we're all just kind of busy doing our thing. We're like, okay, I'll just knock this pressure down. And he's down there measuring out hops. I'm up on the ladder. And so he's handing me up buckets of hops. And uh, and I start pouring them in, and I pour that first one in, and I'm like, man, Bill, you really got the gas on this tank. And he's not really paying attention to me. He goes, oh, yeah. And I said, yeah, man, there's this ton of gas coming out of here. And I'm thinking, you know, how much, what's that regulator set to? You know what I mean, that, that, we're, that we're bleeding gas through with. And he's measuring another bucket, and then I start seeing some foam in there, in that fermenter. And, well, of course, what had happened was it was under pressure, and even though it was at fermentation temps, it took in some of that CO2 pressure as carbonation, and I was feeding it a lot of nucleation points. Oh, I see. uh, I so said, it's off gassing. Bill, I think yep. it's coming up. And he says, What? And I'm like, Cover It's it. coming up. And then this four inch pillar of foam shoots out of the top of this fermenter. Um, and uh, and he hands me the lid. And I'm like, Give me the lid. Like, that's going to do something. Right. So it, it's, and it's, so it's like you have to puke. So you put your hands over your mouth. And all <laughs> oh, and it just, you just oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, first of all, this thing hits me. I am drenched head to toe. Wow. And then I'm trying, I'm actually leaning on this four inch port with the cap, trying to get it on there. And I'm just fanning this shit out everywhere <laughs> in the brewery. Good luck. I'm spraying beer everywhere. Kind of like your um, thumb and then over finally, we opened up the CIP arm, which let the pressure out the spray ball. Whatever. Wow! And uh, so that happened. It happened Mills. To my buddy. Well, it didn't actually happen to my buddy Rheingeist. It happened more more recently. I saw a picture on Facebook at a new brewery in Cincinnati, oh, yeah. and Did they've Matt? got big boy tanks. And that was a hell of a a hell of a show that it put on there. <laughs> I have a wow. video of that happening to Chris. On oh yeah, on a hundred and twenty barrel tank. <laughs> It's a common occurrence. I love it. I, mean, I wasn't brave seriously enough. Dangerous, though. I wasn't brave Absolutely. enough to take the video. Yeah. Because luckily Jay from the Rare Barrel was there. So Jay, took, <laughs> I was cowering behind so, the Bruce tank so Jay, panel. So like Jay, rather than it. helping, took a video. <laughs> right. You hid behind a barrier. Yeah. 
And Chris was stuck there getting sprayed. And on the 120, he's up on a scissor lift 20 feet in the air. Oh, man. And just with this beer shower. Yeah. Like, and it was hitting the ceiling. It was hitting the brew house where, where I was. Wow. It was just a huge amount of beer and foam <laughs> spraying out of this tank. Wow. This, I mean, and there's nothing you can do. Because no. Chris tried to get the clamp on, and beer was just like mills to stand. No. It's just spraying out. Right. One part's up. Yeah. The, the pressure's too high. Yeah. So you, you just sort of wait? You for have the to p- wait. Oh, wow. Yeah. Until it stops coming yeah. out so hot. And, and, and then, and then it it's on. just like it's just taunting you as right. you watch it. Yeah. Just smack you in the face. Here I go. Uh, yeah, poor yeah. little monkey tried to put the cork back. Yeah. Wow. So, Mills, maybe there's a teaching moment here. What would you do next? <laughs> what would you do next time knowing... That that's a highly carbonated beer. Like you, I mean, for instance, you throw like throw a handful of uh, pellets in, and you for sure, it, and you could go like, uh oh, this one, this thing's hot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there, there's that. I, I've I've never uh, I've also learned to never shut down uh, my fermenter before uh, before I dry hop now like that and build okay. up that volume of pressure over a period of time. Right. Uh, yeah, and you can test it out like you mentioned too. One thing you uh, can do is uh, uh, hydrate the hops. You know, liquefy, liquefy the hops first. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've that been, way you don't have uh, all that I've nucleation. I've heard some guys talking about that. I haven't yeah. tried that myself just yet. Just takes yeah. the rack off some beer off the racking port into like mm-hmm. a keg with the hops and then just pour it all on the top. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. On, on a 120 batch now, what we do is we just throw in a small amount first. <laughs> to get the to essentially degas. Yeah. Just to see how pissed it is. Well, <laughs> I, well, right, yeah. Yeah. See how pissed it is and also kind of like it just it, it has its moment. Yeah. And then you can dump the rest in, and yeah. things are fine. Okay, but yeah. if, when you just go dump everything in all at once, it's if, like, it's, if it's uh, too soon, it's like pouring soda soda on ice. Yeah, or, right. or when so you wet the ice uh, first and let it kind of settle. Yeah, put the rest in. Or, it doesn't. When, you, when you're okay. pouring a glass of, I keep hearing that Queen song in my in my head. I'm like picturing you dump, dumping a big, you know, five gallon bucket of hops into this big fermenter, and the beer is like, oh. <laughs> 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 Fuck you! <laughs> yeah, just gave you an F you. Pressure up, people under pressure. Mills, I have a weird backhanded compliment for you. I, I, I bring it. Bring you're, it. you're my favorite brewer in America, whose beer I don't get to try. <laughs> And, it, and it's not that I think you don't have good beer. Uh, I'm, it's, I literally don't get to try it. I have had your beer, and I think it's great. But the stories around your beer make you my favorite brewer in America, <laughs> whose beer I don't get to try. That's, well, that's, that's kind. That's my backhanded compliment for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, how's Crankers doing? You guys kicking ass over there? Good man, staying busy. Uh, we're uh, we're turning out a few more lagers these days. We're doing some more work with that, um, and uh, which which we've been really been enjoying. Um, we've been doing uh, using the the expedited uh, lager fermentation profile learned uh, from the uh, from the wise and wonderful uh, Mike McDowell. So you're getting out uh, lagers faster. We've been working with that. Um, we have a we have a Hellas on right now that was. Uh, grain to glass in 17 days. Wow. Um, we're, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're trying to do a lot of, at, when we do those ferments, we're trying to do a lot of, uh, record keeping and things like that. I have some other brewer friends that are, that are putting on some, 
some loggers uh, using similar using a similar technique. And we're going to try to compile some stuff, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't I don't think that the I'm not saying that the method's flawless or anything like that, or that we're producing a perfect logger with it, but. I think it's something, definitely something to be looking at, you know, um, because I think a lot of times uh, pro guys feel like they can't, they don't have the time to make a logger, they don't have the tank space, uh, and I think there's some some validity to uh, to the technique. Uh, so we've been using it and compiling numbers on it uh, and tracking stuff. So uh, it's something that we're excited about. Uh, we have a Hellas and a Classic American Pilsner on right now using that method. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be bringing out some others as well. So yeah, love it. Well done, yeah. sir. See that tasty? Your your yeah. work your work is being put to work. It's not mine. <laughs> I, I always I always say this once in a while on the show. I was uh, sitting on the on the couch in the garage studio. I wasn't even on the podcast. Then. Oh yeah, yeah. And some brewery was on. You're interviewing them. It was the pub, and they said, "Yeah, we have to do our loggers in 14 days." Because we can't afford the extra tank space, and this is how we do it. And I, I haven't been able to figure out what who that was. Oh, still, you still don't know. I still have no idea. Yeah. what brewery said that? Yeah, and it stuck with me when I did. Long- but it, it's one of those things, though, where I mean, from a I, and we, we sample every day. We we do sensory evaluation on it. Uh, you, we're, we're tracking gravity and and you know the fermentation byproduct stuff. And, and it's really fascinating. I mean, when the you know when you're running that last you know four points, the last Play-Doh off that beer, uh, any it seems like it, from what we're doing, any trace of that butter or green apple that can be in fermentation, uh, it it goes right, it cleans right up, and it almost always coincides with those last few points coming off that lager. Hmm. Um, yeah, and character. and I think just like with an ale and. Uh, you know, I mean, w- when you put an ale on, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're a production place. We're trying to flip beers or whatever. Um, your beer gets better as as you age it. I mean, as you serve it. When I throw it up in a serving tank, yeah. you know, great. the new stout that I'm pouring is going to be better a few weeks from from now than it is right now, you know. Uh, and it's the exact same way with these with these light lagers that we're doing. It's servable. Um, it's carbs. It's it, it's fermented. It's not green. You know what I mean. Um, and that now there's you know there can be a, a little bit of coarseness that's going to smooth out of it. But I, I find the conditioning side to be very similar to what happens with the ales that we put on, uh, with the exception that you can get something very very clean by using a lager yeast. Beautiful. All right, Adam Mills, ladies and gentlemen, Crankers uh, Brewery out there in Michigan. Uh, we got to spend some time with him last year at the NHC. I don't suppose you, I don't suppose we'll see you this year at NHC, Mills. No, no, not this year. Shame unfortunately, thing. that's okay. He's got to pay for that uh, new glycol system. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. For sure. I, I've got a happy hour edition if Mills wants to hear my awful story. How quick is me. your awful story, Mills? It can uh, be as me. quick as you want it to be. Four. Make it oh. two minutes long. Two minutes long? Yeah. Okay. We're going to commiserate right now. <laughs> All right. So, double brew days at Heretic, I start out usually at 6 a.m. all by myself. The next person comes in at 8.30. Um, I set up our hot, san- hot sanitizing loop that includes our heat exchanger, the tank we're pitching our yeast from, and then the tank that's empty that we're going to be brewing into that day. And so I'm hooking up everything up. It's on our 30-barrel fermenters. And at the bottom of our 30-barrel fermenter, from the actual tank itself, there's the, the 
TC fitting. There's an elbow, and then there's the ball valve. It's all inch and a half right there. Yep. Hook up, hook up our the T with the valves and everything that's a part of the loop. And then I turn around and I'm hooking up the receiving tank, and I hear a little squirting sound, <laughs> which is not normal. Can you mimic the squirting sound? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I turn around, and there's yeast squirting. Ah. Uh. From oh. from the connection of the tank to oh. the elbow, Uh-oh. like the weight of everything that I just hooked up was prying on that connection, oh, and was causing yeast to squirt in between the gasket and clamp and everything. Oh, I see. Was there not supposed to be yeast? So it wasn't going tank? through the loop; it was coming through well, the gasket. The right. This is the full tank that we're supposed like that has the yeast that we're pitching. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is that, a very so important yeast. There is a full batch of beer on top of the yeast cake that I'm after. Also. Uh. And so I'm like, okay, this is a really awful problem. Yeah. So I'll see what I can do. And so I crawl under the fermenter and, and kind of sitting with the cone of the fermenter in between my legs <sighs> and like kind of trying to push up on the whole assembly to kind of get it no. centered. <laughs> yeah, that's going to work. Get it centered and, like, and twist the clamp. Yeah. I push up on it. <gasps> and the elbow pops off. Oh, no. Oh, and, and the first thing you did is try to put your hand under yeah. it. No, the first thing I did was try to stick the elbow back on, <laughs> even though there's no gasket. Wow. And so then it's just like sheeting out everywhere, oh, and I'm no. just sitting in a... a it's gross. yeast, right? It's, it's like, just a... Well, it's the and yeast it's and slurry. a gallons of beer on yeah. top of the yeast cake oh, no. coming out. And it's like, okay, well, obviously I'm not going to be able to hold this with no gasket or anything. <laughs> so then it's like, okay, well, now it comes down to my hand. So I just drop the assembly, put my hand under there, and then kind of like shove my leg under my hand to like hold back the pressure. Yeah, and, and wait, is, and wait. And now wait, you're stuck to and, and there's a Vorloff going on on the brew down. <laughs> and it's 7 o'clock, and the next person comes in an hour and a half later. Oh no, you and did I'm, not I'm sit there. in yeast. <laughs> And there's a puddle probably 15 feet in diameter around. Oh, my God. And the yeast story is thick. And so it's like three quarters of an inch on the ground. And so I'm kind of like, great, I'm sitting here for another hour and a half. It's like, it's like or I can feel around for the gasket. Yeah. I spend a little yeah. bit for that. It's like, there's no, it's yeah, shot across it's, it's the room. Under the, yeah, it's shot across the room. It's under the slurry. There's yeah, no way. The way. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, okay, what am I going to do? The cart of gaskets is... 30 feet away. Oh, I my God. And What and did you so do? I ha- luckily, I have that whole assembly uh, for the knockout loop. I was like, well, I have a couple gaskets here that I can use. And so yeah, was I, your hand actually successfully holding the entire yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was holding it. Racing. Yeah, I, I had my knee pinned under my hand. And like, there was nothing a, leaking out. Strong. And it wasn't leaking it out. No, well, wow. He also he wrapped, he tied it with his beard. Well, yeah. <laughs> he had a magic also, hand. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, little did you know that you're forcing beer right through your skin. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh. Into your I was tissue. getting drunk the longer I was doing <laughs> um, So you found so gaskets. So there were gaskets in the assembly that I hooked up to the fermenter. Oh, you could borrow one. So I was just going to pull one out of there and shove the new one, shove one of those in. It oh, wasn't sanitary, no. but it's better than losing the whole batch. Oh, your yeah. hand's not so sanitary, right? Exactly. Right, exactly. At that point, <laughs> who cares? But so I, I undo the first clamp of that assembly. I have four <laughs> chances. Undo the first one. It pops off the gasket, falls in the slurry, and I can't find it. Washes <laughs> away. Okay. Yeah. Number one. Strike Se- one. Second one. It. I grab it. It like springs out of my fingers. <laughs> And shoots away. It's like, okay, I have two more chances at this before it's just really awful. Yeah. Luckily, third time was the charm, and I actually got to keep the gasket that time. Yeah. And then 
shoved it shoved it in between my hand and the fermenter. <laughs> then I had to open up the valves because you can't fight that pressure. No, you got to let it run. Yeah. Yeah. You have to let it run through the whole yeah. the whole assembly. Okay, Absolutely. and so I wasn't like just because I was so focused on getting a solution to this problem. <laughs> I didn't pay attention to where the valves were pointing when I hooked it up. <gasps> and so I, I get the gasket in place. I get ready to go. I so shove she, it on, and the valve is pointed, like, right at my chest. Oh. And so it's, I can't even see what I'm doing at that point. And so it's just spraying, it's in just your spraying face. yeast and beer and everything at that point. Oh, or yeast yeah. anyway. Right. It didn't really matter. It yeah. felt like nor- – yeah. It's just darker than normal. Wow. Um, and so got everything shut off. And I'm just covered front to back, head to toe, thick yeast slurry, and it's all <laughs> yeah. over. Did you get pictures? I went pictures. I know. I was all by myself, and I was just like, Selfie. I've got a brew to do. And so I just sprayed myself. I was literally just soaking Just hosed yourself just up. So, I, yeah, hosed myself That's up. That's a man right there. That's and, a man. Yeah. And I was just like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen when I tell Chris, hey, we might not have any yeast to pitch <laughs> for, for the brew today? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to say, but I saved uh, 200 barrels of beer or whatever it was. You should have made beard beer. I was worried that that wasn't going to be enough of a positive. Yeah. But luckily, he was, he was like, he... okay, we'll see what we can do. All right. Listening to the two of you, and you know, we need constant time-lapse cameras on yeah. in breweries. Well, real. Because we are missing out on the good stuff. If it had happened a month earlier, yeah. there would have been a security camera that would have gotten oh. to see the whole thing. <laughs> oh, but man. a couple weeks before, we stood up fermenters that blocked the I view see. of that whole show. Oh, that <laughs> such a shame. Just think if they would have found you dead an hour later, they would have had to piece it all back together. <laughs> <laughs> what happened here? Well, he st- first he propped up his hand with his knee. Yeah. Yeah. Did his to beard get cut? Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. That would have been so good to have the uh, the black and white footage from like the corner of the room <laughs> looking down and Beardy alone in this huge room. That would have been amazing footage. That's too bad. Amazing. All right, Mills. Thanks, brother. And, hey, good uh, to talk to you. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. All right, bye. Mills from Crankers. Go check it out. Suze, do I have to take this phone call before I go to break or what? It's Theo Rue and Blobber. They're together. Uh-oh. Oh, oh wow. Wow. You think they're, they're, whatever they're about to sing is going to be better than Nicole's Under Pressure? I, I oh, right, because, no, it won't be. Because Blobber Blobber's is visiting boom. Disney World and yeah. Theo lives in Florida, right? Nicole's yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, Theo Brew and Bloob Glob. Hi. Hi. Guys. Hi, guys. Hi, Blobber. Are you together at last in Florida? Yes, we're, uh, we're hugging it out in Florida. Are you out having Little beers? We're in Florida? Yeah, Disney World. Yeah. How's, how's the brew pub at Disney World? There's a brew pub in Disney World? Oh, yeah. It's, it's one of, oh, gosh. It's like one of the corporate-owned ones that's like, they brew the same four beers. Okay. The downtown uh, Disney World. No. Uh, yeah. Epcot? <laughs> downtown Disney World. No, it's on Epcot. It's, on, uh, it's in the boardwalk. All right. Oh. So you guys sharing, I, I, are you are you now sharing beer and the Holy Spirit? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> Should we go down that lane? Uh, here we go. Uh, I'm drinking a beer from this place called Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Yeah, I've heard of them. I think they're from American. Florida. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, though. Uh, I brought the Cigar City. Don't worry. Oh, that a boy. Good job. <laughs> so we're, we're, yelling at, we're yelling at you on speakerphone from a... Uh, 
a kid's uh, playground because it's 12 and under, so we felt right at home. <laughs> of course. Yeah. This is you, appropriate listening. Yeah, are you like at playground? the Disneyland Resort or what? Exactly, yes. Uh, <laughs> Disney World Resort. It's, it's got to be past yeah. midnight, so Big you must difference. be the only kids in yeah. that playground. Well, we're going down the slides and having fun. I mean, can we have a little fun? <laughs> have you prepared a duet for us? I, we have. We were we rehearsed for the past three days straight. Okay. <laughs> I'm very excited. What are you going to sing for us tonight? Classic song from Queen. Okay. I think you'll like it. So you go ahead, Nancy. You know, start it off. Right. I'll go ahead and... Uh... <laughs> don't let them in. Don't let them see. Be the good girl you've always had to be. Conceal, don't feel. Don't let them know. Well, now they know. Let it go. Let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go. Let it go. I think we were duped. <laughs> yeah, that didn't sound like Queen. Oh, it'll never bother me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they decided this This will be our last lyric yeah. together. Uh, well done, gentlemen. Well wow. done. Thank you. Wow. That was some great harmony. I was underwhelmed. Well, was, what was that? That was, that was from Frozen. Another Disney movie. <laughs> I gotta go. Uh, yeah, what else you got? You get, do you have another song? Gotta go, gotta go. It's not this totally. You go. Yeah, can you just? Yeah, I like the way Blobber just changes the lyrics for me. I don't care why I have to care. If security wasn't called on them before, oh, they're on their way right now. They're like, listen, yeah. drinking in the park was one thing, but fucking with a Disney song, that's something else. Oh, I think the security guards that are in that shack with, with the little camera on these guys are laughing so hard they can't go outside. Yeah. They're actually headed here to collect their royalty. Well, also, Blobber looks like he's about 12 anyway, so they just they don't know whether to arrest him or call his parents. <laughs> Kids drinking in the park again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Theo and Blobber. Oh, dear. I love you both. Thank you for calling in and having some fun with us. Love you guys. Have fun out there. <laughs> Bye, guys. Uh, good times for Blobber and Theo. So there's really That's a good combination right there. And think about it. Think back of, the, of this program, all right? Blobber <laughs> has been with us for, for years and years, and he's a freaky dude, and we love him for it. He's real weird. He really yeah. Theo, a couple of years ago, started calling Theo. in from Florida. Also a really freaky dude that, that we love. The two of them somehow <laughs> are now together and on the same plane yeah. in, in Florida drinking like, beer together. It's like a binary star. This is a nice moment for the Brewing Network. Disney yeah. makes dreams come true. <laughs> yes. They've the been Brewing added. Network makes oh, dreams right. come true. Oh, right. What I said you what we could do. Yes, yeah. Susie. They've been at it for three days now. Like, I got a message from Theo saying, I get to be a blonde today. Yay! Right? I'm like, okay. At like 2 o'clock in the morning, my time, I get pictures of them just hugging. Just hugging. <laughs> just hugging it out. And then like a couple of hours later, still hugging. Oh, they're bros. <laughs> they're bros. 
I love it. It's really just a strange universe that the Brewing Network lives I, in. I wouldn't have even recognized Theo. That was sober Theo right there. Yeah. Did you catch that? Well, I'll give him another hour, I yeah. guess. They're, they're in a playground. They need to be <laughs> sober-ish. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a very quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to do a little bit of beer news. So we've got our Twitter game to, to wrap up. I do have feedback. I, I might get to feed. Let me read through it. We'll see what we got. Hey. Very quick break. Hey. Three minutes. Don't go far. We'll be back. It's All the right. session. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. The National Homebrew Conference is coming up this summer, and More Beer wants to send you. To celebrate 20 years of serving homebrewers, More Beer is giving away two full pass registrations to the 2015 National Homebrew Conference, June 10th through 13th. That's right, two full passes, full access to all the presentations, club night, and pro brewers night, two seats to the grand banquet and awards ceremony, two one-year membership gift cards to the American Homebrewers Association, four-night stay at the beautiful town and country resort, round-trip air fair to and from the San Diego airport, two VIP passes to the Brewing Network's own anniversary party, a $250 prepaid Visa gift card for food and your other expenses, and dinner with the More Beer crew. Visit morebeer.com for all the details and to enter. You can enter once a day through April 15th, and the winner will be drawn on April 25th. If you've already purchased your registration to the event and cease to the Grand Banquet, those fees can be refunded. Enter today at morebeer.com. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzenstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My daughter, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha <laughs> Yes, J.P. Gore, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Glickman's with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to enjoy a pint. Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. 
And and that Brew Builder software is awesome. Oh yeah. Brewmasters Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmasters Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh yeah. Segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. Uh, all right, welcome back to the session. Uh, we just got a couple of things left to do here on the program. On a wonderful Monday night here in Concord, California, where the weather is nice and the homeless people are also nice. Uh, Except for that one guy in the park. He was nice. He just was drunk in public or something. I don't know. You know he was to still come nice. to the baton. We have some great uh, police here, too. One of them is super hot, too. We have a hot Yeah, the blonde uh, one. hot cop. She's hot. So Ooh. I kind of like that every now and then. I'm like, I'm like a little, I'm like, oh, hi. I don't want to say her name because I don't want to get any picture. I'm always like, hey, hi. Hi, officer. <laughs> hi, officer. Just oh, remember me from the hop grenade over there. Just anytime you want to come by. Can I touch your gun? Can I? You look great. That's a nice uniform you're wearing. You can Have you become more likely to report tase something? me. More like uh, you report something so that way she oh, comes out. I report it, it, you every Monday. I'm like, <laughs> and that, I'm like, there's a homeless guy in our. You'll recognize him right away. You'll know who he he's is. Like he, he's the only guy here that looks more homeless than I do. It's him. <laughs> uh, she never comes though. She knows. I'm. Ju- I've cried, oh. cried wolf too many times. Uh, She's a good looking cop though. She is. Was she like um, uh, what? Never mind. <laughs> that was yes. really good. That was a really good. Teaching hooker. Oh, well, I mean, let's not go crazy. She's, okay. she's all right. <laughs> she's not, as as yeah. far as cops go. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hey, real quick, uh, don't forget that our good friends, White Labs, you know, they hold uh, yeast classes all the time. You can learn from the best at White Labs, both with online courses and on location. And the Craft Brewers Conference is coming up. It's uh, in Portland this year. And White Labs is doing a yeast handling for brewers class there. Is Cropping, it going to be at Sassy's? Uh, it will not be at Sassy's, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> I might have to talk to them a little bit about their... Uh, no, they, no. They, they can culture some good yeast there, I probably... <laughs> They take this stuff. Uh, yeah, they have good. a whole outbreak. Well, culture good yeast is probably not the right culture well, yeast. Yes. Yeah, I never found uh, a yeast I ain't like. Actually, when it when it comes to courses, they take it very seriously. Yeast handling for brewers, cropping, storing, and propagation. It's happening in Portland, Oregon. Register early, which would be by March 14th, and you get a discount, and it's a pretty good discount. So go over to whitelabs.com and register early. But you're going to learn about all sorts of things. Uh, yeast collection and storage, uh, using and reusing yeast, yeast pitch rates they're going to talk about with you, yeast propagation, uh, Britannomyces and bacteria is on the docket, uh, you know, all sorts of uh, QC type of control that you need to know as a brewer, troubleshooting fermentation problems, some things we talked yeah. about tonight. You can really get a good foundation in a, in a strong one-day course out there at the, at the Craft Brewers Conference. What are the so dates again? Go to whitelabs.com and register by March 14th. Uh, that's your early registration deadline. And then it's happening in Portland during the Craft Brewers Conference. But not on one of the regular which days, is, which like is before, April. I assume, or something. I do think it's uh, right before. 
before. Let's it's see. It's a day where you uh, could afford the whole yeah, day. Yeah, it's happening. Oh. It, it, you're absolutely Monday, right, Tasty. It's happening Tuesday, April 14th. All right, I want to get. Okay. I want to be there. So, uh, yeah. Who do I have to talk to? I'll talk to Go to whitelabs.com. Check it out. It's Tuesday, April 14th. And uh, <laughs> sign up by... the other direction. Sign up by March 14th to get yourself a discount, ladies and gentlemen. So go. To make up for my lame jokes, I I personally endorse the education that the guys at White Labs, and gals mostly actually, do at White Labs. Our good friend Kara Taylor is a badass, for example. Neva is a badass. badass. And they're uh, just so good at sharing their knowledge and what they know and making it make sense and, and, you know, really, really teaching. Yeah. Teaching. They do. And so they do other courses as well, but this is one that they, they really want you to go to because it's during the Craft Brewers Conference. You're going to get to meet a lot of other great uh, brewers that are there. Uh, people from all over the world go to the Craft Brewers Conference. Those are all so. great things to understand, too. That, that, that's a great list of topics. Do it while you can because this is one that's going to sell out. So register by March 14th, um, and you'll get a discount, and the class is April 14th. So go yeah. check it out. Yeah. All right, what shall we do? A little bit of beer news? Yeah, why not? All right. I like beer news. And, and in fact, the <laughs> okay, more we do it, the, some beer news. the more we like it. Right so, after you do feedback. So we're going to do... <laughs> we're going to do, do beer news instead. That's what we're going to do. No, not instead. Before. We'll see. Moscow, what's in the news this week? Well, I... Uh, Uh-oh. You what? know, I'm going to take uh, an opportunity to play some 311 What's here happening right now? Because... <laughs> why are you doing this to story us? today... Is Chip Walton oh, in the news? God, no. Even though there are very, very important stories in the news, I'm going to no. lead off with my this one. My ears are bleeding. Uh... <laughs> 311 is getting ears. into the craft beer biz, guys. No. Yes, it did come out. Terrible. Those guys know what they're doing. Wait, were we just making fun of them last yeah, week? Yeah, we were. This yeah. is yeah. too we much of a coincidence. Yeah. They are, musicians. are they, they going to play 311 music to the to the fermenters? Because a yeast will mutiny. Yeah. So what's <laughs> happening? They're coming out with some awful red beer called Amber is the color of your energy. Well, they are, they are coming out with an Amber, yes. What's uh, happening? It's, so they're going to be uh, teaming up with... Misappropriated uh, chakra sale. Will you pipe down, everybody? Everybody Jesus. pipe down. The little... The, this Omaha Band 311. They're going to team up with Rock Rock Brothers Brewing out of Tampa, Florida. You might remember them as the brewery that brought you the Hootie and the Blowfish beer. Uh, And uh, Nebraska Brewing's helping out as well out of Papillon, Nebraska. Why doesn't that brewery change their name to One Hit Wonder? Because they're they're they, first they, they, now they have Hootie and then three eleven three eleven was no one hit wonder they had lots of hits they did oh yeah in any case hits. they're going to be creating well. an amber ale <laughs> okay uh, Rock Brothers how has, do we know it's an amber ale how do we know it's an amber ale well amber was definitely their biggest hit. Okay. Uh, but so it's, it could de- debut as soon as July at a two-night concert uh, in Vegas, after which they will likely roll out the beer uh, for on draft at uh, select local bars in Omaha and L.A., and then they're going to go even wider. They're going to can it. Oh. They should can it. I'll tell you that right yeah, now. They should can it before. That's the only part of the story I've liked so far. So yeah. they're, they're playing in Vegas? Yes. Oh, I know the <laughs> room at the, at, at the Hard Rock I, I want. You do? <laughs> remember the one we had? I remember yeah. the room. <laughs> yeah. So you can that stay in. That magical in- night? Wow. Uh, yeah. It was so me and Doc. Yeah, it was special night. No, it was a right. Schumann's party. Moscow, big le- p- let me tell you. He, he, there's one thing that worries me the most about this story, and I don't know if it's what you actually think it is. The thing that worries me most is am I going to have to interview these motherfuckers oh, about their beer? And they're going to go like, hey, aren't you the guy that's that been, who's been hating us since Chip Walton came on the show? Yes. Not that yeah. they'll know Chip right. Walton. Nick Hexum knows you. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. like if the word gets out that, yes, they have to go on a promotional tour for the beer, yeah. and someone says you should go on the BN, yes. and then someone tells them, by the way, most of the people on the BN, except for Moscow, hate you. Right. I don't hate them. I don't even know them. I'm going to be... <laughs> 
They I'm going to be very more, uncomfortable. They hate you more than they hate Hanson on the BN. <laughs> Hanson I ended up liking. This is this is, this is is what I'm going to – well, I, I got to meet the Hanson guys at right. GABF. Yeah. Great guys mm-hmm. and that seem to be like in the beer. Uh, my worry is I'm going to become like that guy. I'm the hypocrite. The 311 guys are going to come on the program. And you're going to like them. They're going to yeah. turn out to be nice fucking guys. Yep. And by the way, they're wildly more successful than I am. So I'm just the guy over here who says they suck. Right. Meanwhile, you know, I still live in a shack in Martinez. Uh, Kate's shack. This, these are the things that I, I worry about. You be not like that. Yeah. You're like, allowed to yeah. hate them openly. It's I am. okay. Maybe that's a chance for you to look at... The type of people you hate, and maybe you shouldn't hate as many people. I don't know. Well, that's now. Now you sound like my mother. <laughs> hey, there's no... You're allowed to hate people. Say I try to be not like that. You're allowed to hate them. It's okay. Hey, there's an amendment just for you. Yeah, right. So, Moscow, this is what I worry about with this story. Yeah, well, 311's great. And oh, it's coming. You know the beer's going to be good, too. So, <laughs> if I can get them on this program, they're coming. Oh, they're coming. Oh, man. No phone in shit either. No, no, no. Wait, who's br- who's no, brewing the beer again? Uh, it's two. It's a Rock Brothers Brewery out yeah. of Tampa, Florida, and right. Nebraska Brewing out of Papillon, Nebraska. Nebraska I like brewing. Nebraska Brewing. Yeah, those, yeah. Tyson yeah, over there. How did yeah. they get hooked up with this? Sh- I mean, this uh, <laughs> marketing man. Yeah. T- Tyson brews great beer. Also, over there. not everybody shares your opinion. Turns out, millions of people like three eleven. <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> millions of people room. also like uh, you know. But what do they uh, know about beer? Maroon Five. Thank you. And Celine Dion. Well, so, yeah. you know, let's not go with the masses on this. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I don't even know what that... Nicole, uh, turn her mic off. I know. Jesus. <laughs> turn Nicole off. All right. Now, no, on, on the more important stories, a lot, of, uh, a lot of legislation stories here. Let's start with a couple of quick state ones. Craft uh, Brewers won a, a big victory last week when the House uh, in Kentucky vo- voted to force AB to sell two Kentucky distributorships it owns, uh, and it, it's barring the company from buying more as well. Uh, the bill passed 6731 after support, supporters narrowly defeated an amendment that sought to allow AB to keep its existing properties, including one in Louisville, employs about 170 people. Uh, House Speaker Greg Stumber. Uh, Stumbo, who was the uh, bill's sponsor, he made his case by Democrat. saying... Democrat? Uh, he was a Democrat, yes, is a Democrat. I would urge the members uh, <laughs> to reconsider this amendment because it does not... It it does create a monopoly for Anheuser-Busch. Uh, after his brief speech, the vote on the f- uh, floor flipped in his favor, and that cleared the way for the final vote, uh, which now moves to the Senate. I love it when a speech flips people's uh, attitudes. <laughs> so... so there's other distributor shit happening with, with Anheuser-Busch, too. This is interesting as well. But, you know, the 10-barrel situation in, in uh, Oregon came up uh, recently. You know, Anheuser-Busch bought 10-barrel. Well, Anheuser-Busch is not just a, a, a brewery conglomerate. They own several distributors, like in this yeah, right. case that you're talking about. Uh, but what they also do is they franchise out rights to uh, beers to be distributed. So independent distributors can essentially purchase an Anheuser-Busch franchise. Well, they'll then distribute the Budweiser, the Bud Light, the Bud products, but also whatever else might come under that, uh, uh, that blanket. And in this particular case, it was a 10-barrel beer. Well, now Anheuser-Busch isn't quite happy with how this, uh, I believe, Portland-area uh, distributor is dealing with the 10-barrel. Anheuser-Busch wants it back. They won't give it back. You can't just take it back. You have to buy it back. They haven't yeah. offered the right price yet. And they end up in this gnarly sort of fucking situation where uh, the, the distributor's holding out for more money. Anheuser-Busch
Porsche is angry because they're not getting their the, distri- the distribution that they want, and it's turning ugly already for this little ten barrel acquisition mm-hmm. that's well, happened. But, uh, it's, it's a similar thing that you're talking about in Kentucky, where they actually it's not just battling about beer and shelf space. It ends up battling about who distributes the beer, how it goes from point A to point B, and it gets crazy. Yeah. Well, that's why I don't understand. What is the bill actually forcing the distributor or Anheuser Busch to actually do? Well, so there. so let me go on. So uh, unlike in-state brewers, AB and other out-of-state brewers can own Kentucky distributorships under state law. So oh, in-state okay. craft brewers are seeking to level that playing field. They're, they basically fear that they'd be crowded out of the market if AB buys up more distributorships and won't carry their craft beer to market. Which is very pos- possible that that could happen. Sure, yeah. yeah this they, is a strong antitrust argument. Well, yeah. AB is insisting that they're, they have no intentions of buying more Kentucky distributorships. No, of but uh, who knows if that's true <laughs> or not. No, of course. We don't have any intention of doing that. Uh. Oh! Of course we don't. we're going to buy ten barrel and then oh you guys can keep distributing like, it as you did. Of course we're not trying to interfere. I feel like this would be a lot better if you were saying it in a foghorn leghorn accent. <laughs> I don't know how to do that, but you you, you know what? I think you're right actually. Uh, oh, oh partner, sir, this is where we have no intention. We have no intention of distributing your beer in any other way. Yeah, I say I say we have no I say we have no intention. <laughs> No, this no. is where the rubber meets the road, and and start and stuff starts to really come to light about what the intentions are of these people. And I, I'm still waiting for it all to play out. Well, and that's but. what I've been confused about this whole time is the three tiered system after prohibition was supposed to prevent Anheuser Busch from even being able to own distributorships. Correct. And so that's what's interesting. I know. Like, so that it, got already it interstate. That already got loopholes. Like right. That already got loopholes. So, that's yes. what I, I don't understand why there would be resistance I, to actually I see a conflict I mean, of interest. Resistance yeah. amongst the legislature sure. to actually keep this. No, let's keep this loophole here. Because yeah. <laughs> Anheuser-Busch is feeding my campaign phone. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, so here's a quote from uh, Representative Adam Koenig, he, uh, the other side of the aisle. He, he basically compared the bill to eminent domain because it forces a company to sell its property. He said, taking away someone's business like this is not our role as a legislature. It's just not right. So the question yes. is, should the state force private companies to do what the state wants Absolutely to do? Absolutely not. Should the private company have had that property in the exactly. first place? Exactly. That's, that's, that's the, the illegal Well, part. that's still yeah. state right. law that dictated whether they should or shouldn't do that. At the time, right, it was legal. But if that's federally <laughs> illegal, oh, I, then... I, 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 when I say the state, I just mean right. the government. Yeah. 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 But if it's determined that that was ma- that was illegal when they did it, well, then too bad. I mean, like that's the risk of doing business that way. That would that's be correct. However, I think that they decided it was you know somewhere along the line they decided it wasn't illegal. No, and, because right. oh, so now it's what okay. I like about this are the money. What I like about the clear actually the clearness of the of the argument going on in Oregon is that it's. Well, it's quite clear. This Oregon, the clear thing, the 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 the, this distributor in in Oregon was clearly given the franchise rights to Anheuser Busch and their products, and have this great craft beer portfolio on on top of it. And now Anheuser Busch wants it back, but the law clearly states if you want it back. You buy it back. And the other party has to agree to the purchase price. Yeah. It's a very cut sure. and dry type of argument that's going on. Anheuser-Busch is, evening, is even in some ways uh, threatening, well, we'll pull the rights for you to, to uh, distribute Anheuser-Busch. But the truth is, they can't. That would be illegal. Yeah, you can't do the that. The law says that they have franchised it all out. So well, you can take your beer I've out of the market. I've been to distributors that you have. Nobody else but, but it, Well, right. of course. But, you, but they right. wouldn't. For like do, a exactly. year. Exactly. But Anheuser-Busch yeah. isn't going to do that. No. So 
I'm loving actually the leverage that this smaller distributor holds by yeah. saying, "Just pay us for it, then. Yeah. You want it back? Right? Come on, buddy. Oh, totally. Yeah, pony up." He's like that Chinese guy in front of the it's tank. It's cut and dry. It's clear. Oh, yeah, He's yeah. like the Chinese guy in front of the tank. Yeah. It's it's a nice stand. Yeah. It it it, it makes good TV and good good news, but yeah, it's gonna get. It's Beardy's leg holding his hand up to the fermenter, (laughs) flowing with beer out. Fighting all that yeast that wants to come out. (laughs) That's right. Couldn't you have used your beard as the gasket? Yeah, Yeah, but then I'd be stuck there just like with my hand holding the... Well, you wouldn't be dead. Anyway, all right. Well, we'll see what happens when it goes to the Senate. So let's go from state to uh, federal story. I've reported a little bit uh, on this, but uh, not in a while, about uh, taxes per barrel. Um, so there's now another battle brewing over this on Capitol Hill. Kraft is driving the fight since we've got our own lobbyists now who are in turn enlisting home district members of Congress to sponsor legislation, cutting the excise tax on beer. So here's what's on the table. It's called the Small Brew Act, it's co-sponsored by Senator Susan Collins, who's a Republican from Maine, and Ben Cardin, who's a Democrat from Maryland. A little bipartisan action. Wait, 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 hold on. Across the aisle. He's There's a some Democrat. bipartisan action. Beer can do anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still surprised yeah. that that Moscow said Democrat with a straight face. Yeah, I had a little bile come up in my throat. Anyway, we cut what uh, they say is a burdensome tax on craft brewers who need it to invest in production facilities and hire more workers. Uh, the federal tax, which crazily uh, was first levied on brewers in the 19th century as a way to pay for the Civil War. Once you start a tax, it just it never really goes away. Right. Uh, it's one of the hidden levies collected uh, from producers and importers, but it's more or less reflected in the beer's retail price, of course. It applies to all brewers, but the craft industry wants to cut only for the craft industry, cut these taxes. So Big, big Beer uh, uh, predictably opposes this legislation, and they have a, they have a competing bill in Congress. Uh, so um, It says the opposite. Well, how about we cut it for everybody but the craft industry? Actually, no, it doesn't say the So here's it's interesting because it, it's, like it's not the opposite. Countries. So a rep, a rep for Big Beer, the Beer Institute, which uh, represents Miller Coors and Heineken oh, and Constellation and AB. Me, sorry. Uh, he says they don't mind adjusting the tax rate down for craft. They, they just want to cut it across the board. So under the current excise tax Why? structure, brewers who produce up to 2 million barrels per year pay 7 bucks a barrel on the first 60,000 barrels, 18 bucks a barrel on all barrels after that. This, this small brew act offers a tiered system, so producers would pay only 350 on the first 60,000 barrels and then 16 a barrel up to 2 million. Anything over that would be the normal $18 a barrel. To be eligible for the breaks, you'd have to produce 6 million barrels a year or fewer The major producers like ABR obviously way over that and then most craft is way under the 60,000 so you'd end up paying about 350 a barrel on your beer which is a This huge is the one that a, that the big brewers No put no out? this is the small brewer act that craft ah, is. so now the competing yeah. bill that big beer is championing it's called the Fair Beer Act again it's got bipartisan support um, it makes all brewers eligible for breaks it would completely eliminate the tax on the first 7,143 barrels weird number and then it would charge 350 up to 60,000 barrels 16 for 60,001 up to 2 million and then 18 bucks a barrel after that. So their legislation would extend tax cuts to importers as well and the beer institute the big beer reps say 90% of small brewers would have their taxes wiped out altogether because right. they're under 7100 and change. That's actually better than the first bill. Yeah, right? it, well, yeah. For, for for the vast majority of right. craft producers, yes, it is way better. It's Interesting. N- yeah. I wonder what the catch is. Well, yeah. oh, well, well, then the government doesn't get as much run. cash, and they they tax you some other way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you make over well, 6 this would million, be one to follow. you own everyone who makes under 7000 Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. You, <laughs> you make sure that you own lots of breweries that have under that capacity. <laughs> I got a pencil. I got a pencil over here. Uh, $7 a barrel uh, is about $0.03 cents a pint. Okay. Who? Who? I mean, 
Who's complaining about paying that? Who's I'm for argue? it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're a production really? brewery, it comes down to quarters of a tenth of a cent per No, no, but you're passing plate. that along to the consumer that goes anyway. On to the consumer. When it comes to taxes like that, like I think no, you're but right. the brewery but, pays the excise tax. But yeah, but it's passed on to us. Like, we pay that. I'm not paying three cents yeah, more I, for I, a pint. I have, I have a problem with that. <laughs> I'm already paying sales tax on my bill. I'm already paying income taxes and property taxes. My business pays taxes. Like, what? I they, understand. Oh, everyone's no, like, everyone's, just, everyone's just for every, every tax. <laughs> like, where does it a nasty thing called a tip. So I'm tired Yeah, and then there's tipping. I'm still upset about taxes. I like roads. I like when potholes are filled. I like having, you know, our government's not perfect. They don't do things the right way. Like, nobody can agree. Nobody's getting any work done right now. But at the same time, like, I don't care about paying taxes. It's fine with me. It's like that's part of being alive and living well, in a it's a matter place. of It's a matter of degree, though. We're no or, one's saying we're, no I don't one. know. I'm just not that worried about it. Well, what's a good tax? <laughs> well, if, I a bad, you know, if I had a 4,000 barrel a year brewery, yeah, $7, you know, 28 grand, right? right? That's yeah. just serious right. money. Yeah. But if that was instead 14 grand, sure, I'd like that. But you got that much barrelage, you, you know, you have a lot of money flowing. I don't see where that. Is the kind of money you're worried about. I like firefighters like fire and police Where, officers there's, there's, no, guys. there's not a lot of money flowing anywhere in a brewery that's only making 7,000 barrels. <laughs> like, no, the cash flow is really tight still. I think we're missing one thing here. I'm very con- I'm very <laughs> concerned that the counter bill sounds too good to be true. That's yeah, what I'm concerned that about. Because that yeah. the, the way you say it, Moscow, I'm like, just like Beardy, his first reaction was, well, shit, that sounds better, doesn't it? <laughs> right. And and maybe it is. Uh, However, I'm con- I'm conditioned to know what or, or to ask uh, what's the catch. Oh, so right. this is something we got to watch. Yeah. I, I think Moscow keep reporting on this one uh, because I I definitely feel like you know both bills. It, it's this is what we have to deal with. There's yeah. we're gonna pay taxes on beer, uh, alcohol. It's a sin tax. Uh, there's always been sin taxes, and frankly, craft beer probably <laughs> has it easy. Certainly in America and Australia, the reason we were paying fifteen dollars a pint was because their sin taxes are enormous. Uh, our sin taxes we think are enormous, but in, in relative to the rest of the world, they're not. Uh, no pun. Still worth watching because I love that these two have a counter uh, argument, and and, yeah. and they both look pretty reasonable. Yeah, they do. Uh, so we'll I like. Happens. I would like to watch that. We'll do. Uh, we'll do one more uh, for us Californians, and this is okay. a, a good one. Uh, California farmers markets might soon be serving craft beer. <laughs> so currently, you're allowed to sample wine as you browse, but beer vendors cannot offer the same. Really? Uh, that, that yeah, really. That would change under a bill that Assemblyman Mark Levine of San Rafael is proposing. Adam's brother. Uh, <laughs> Who's that? Maroon 5 yeah, reference? Yeah, was a bad oh. uh, pop, pop music reference. Yeah. Uh, here's uh, Mr. Levine's quote. Uh, st- uh, statewide, uh, craft brewing has really grown exponentially. We also have this awesome farmer's market culture uh, where the makers of a product get to meet the consumers of the product, and they can build a relationship with one another. Uh, a bill that Governor Jerry Brown signed into law last year allows breweries to get licenses to sell their beer at farmer's markets. This new proposed bill would extend the terms of those permits to allow tastings as long as the brewery is located in the same or an adjacent county as the market. Close enough. So close, yeah. I mean, so shit here that works great. We would yeah. have we would have Heretic at yeah. our farmers market. Yeah. We'd have Calicraft at our farmers market. Right. We'd have Black Diamond. We've had we had we'd have a few. Exactly. So mo- more booths at the farmers market, and ma- maybe and <laughs> maybe the uh, you know the customers wandering around get a little looser, spend like a little more money, buy some more veggies. The problem yeah. is oh, yeah. they're getting free beer out in the park. Why would they come in here and pay for beer? Yeah, that's uh, what I was okay. Too. Yeah, eh, little samples. You know, just lube them up to come buy a couple pints. Yeah, or you we have to lobby beer over there. By the way, why is it always bipartisan? Why is it never multipartisan? 
Because we only have two now. Because there's only two parties that matter. That matter. Right. <laughs> That's yeah, a, exactly. I mean, I knew the answer to that. I'm just <laughs> yeah. sort of throwing it out there. Why is yeah, it never the multi-party? behind this. Because like, <laughs> even still, because yeah. like, there are multiple parties, but no one would ever even advertise, like, this one's actually multi-party. <laughs> this is supported by the Libertarian Party. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, we don't want that. Yeah. Uh, all right. There you go. That's the news. All right. Well done, Moskowitz. Thanks for making us think a little bit on an otherwise thoughtless show. Why is your chair hard, yeah. higher up? <laughs> Why is your chair higher Wait, now? Can you make that, can you like make that sound again? Why is your chair higher? <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, Susie Q, who's on the telephone for me, and do I have to speak with them? You don't have to speak with them. He wants to speak with Doc. Uh-oh. Uh, his perfect. name is H.H., and he's got a question. Oh, hey. This could go on forever. All right. H.H. is on the line and wants to talk to Doc. H.H., where are you calling from? Texas. H.H. He fell asleep in the meantime. <laughs> no, he's not there. No, that's it. Aww. All right, good, because we got to go. Uh, did I finish up? we got to do a little bit of Twitter game. Uh, <laughs> let me make sure I'll say I took Feedback. Care, uh, uh, oh, there is feedback. Feedback. No. Come on. I didn't Give even, me one. I didn't even read through it. Really? I didn't, let me look at it really quick. Well, you want to look at it while Nicole's doing the Twitter game? But then he can't listen and read at the same time. Let me just take it. It's okay. It's fine. Break. We can banter back and forth. I can sing some more Queen no, David no. Bowie. No, no. <laughs> banter is sounding better and better. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good call. Nicole, why don't you do our Twitter game? I'll take a brief peruse here. Okay. Doc. Thank so you. We had a tremendous outpouring. What was the game? The For today's Twitter game. So again, today's Twitter game was... You know, JP's down in Disneyland, and what did JP do to make a small child cry at Disneyland? Okay. Uh, we had so many that I can only read a fraction of them, so sorry if you didn't get a mention, but they were all great. Uh, let's see here. So Steel Bottom says, consummate his marriage with Minnie Mouse. <laughs> Matt Smith, in an all-too-real assessment, says... He will exhaustingly over-explain the history of the Haunted Mansion and scold you for not caring. <laughs> yep, that's probably already happened. Our, yeah. own, our own lovely Kim says, arrive. <laughs> yeah. uh, John Larson says, M-I-C, see you real soon. K-E-Y, uh, why? Because I hate you. B-N-A-J-P. Pretty. B-N-A-J-P. Get it? Yeah, I get it. Do you get it? Do you get it now? Maddie, get it? <laughs> oh, now I get uh, it. Well done, Tasty. Now I wish I did. Jason Yates says, start a fire on Small World. Okay. Chris Rogers says, Sweet. he will mindlessly spout off Disney trivia and plug the Ears Up podcast until a kid begs to be thrown in front of the mountain. Okay. Uh, Scamus1 says, push a child out of the way to take the last spot on the Dumbo ride. Uh, let's see. Wayne Barry, Wayne Perry says, "Exist." <laughs> That's like a rhyme. Yeah, yeah it's a little bit. Uh, Addison Babcock says, "Drunken piss on Mickey Mouse." Uh, Baru says he'll serenade those in line to see Anna and Elsa with his own version of Let It Go titled Boner Chicken. Did you weed these out or just do everything? A little, yeah. a little bit. Okay. H- H- <laughs> Mostly just reading. HH says uh, standing at the head of the line and telling children, Mickey said he doesn't want to see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. It's Giggle says give them measles. Chris R says 
He will cut to the front of the line at Small World and say he deserves it because he had cancer. Uh, all right, that's not. I can't take anymore. Wait, wait, yeah. Pick a winner. There's, there's one more you have to hear. Right. Haunted Mansion. And that one. is from uh, your own The Good Hop. And it's up here. And they said, tell one of them to suck a dick. You suck a dick. <laughs> okay. Uh, Nicole, who do you want to be our winner? Oh, man. The second one was the best one. Haunted Mansion. Uh, yeah, it has to be. It has Read to be. it again. Uh, let me, there's a long list. Let me get back down there. It says... Matt Smith says he will exhaustingly overexplain the history of the Haunted Mansion and scold you for not caring. <laughs> That's our winner. All right. Well done. And I thanks cry. for playing our Twitter game. Send an email to Bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com. That's B-E-E-V-O at thebrewingnetwork.com. She will send you a prize. Thank you, Nicole, Yay. for uh, fulfilling our Twitter game requirement for the evening. Twitter. All right, Doc. I'll tell you what. I'm going to do two feedbacks Yay. for you. Oh, wow. Multiple. Yay. Here we go. Mike writes in, I like hearing more Doc lately. Love the show. <laughs> right. Anyone ever get out to New Jersey would love to brew up or meet with you guys. Regards from Mike. Uh, so there, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I do get back east. I tend to avoid New Jersey. Uh, we, we need to know what exit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, and then how about our Spam of the Week, which appears kind of long. Let me browse through it. Hello, your radio program was for, referred to us for potential inclusion on the radio network. Speak up, talk radio network. Uh, we feel that your show would be a welcome addition, so our team would like to invite you to share your podcast on the network. This doesn't sound like spam. Uh, it's an easy way to repurpose all of your previous work and get additional play. In other words, come, you did all the work, and then we'll right. play it on our show. thing. Yeah. And, we'll uh, repurpose it. It's, it's still, it might not be spam. It, it seems it like they spammy to me. This is your chance to sell out. Wait, here we go. Now, these are, <laughs> now, these are lines that I always talk appreciate when radio yeah. people talk. As a nationally syndicated radio host myself, I know how oh. important it is to get your program on as many different venues as possible. All right. First of all, what that means is that he like aired one time in Arizona and then another time in Nebraska, That's and national. that was it. It was five seconds, right. and in each segment, he's a national radio Yeah, you think host. nationally syndicated hosted around typing up emails to people? Yeah. No. Uh, but now, here we go. There's a hosting fee of only $350, oh. and that airs your show every day for six months. Is that oh, I see. Uh, we add a fresh program of yours on a weekly basis, et cetera, et cetera. Have- All my best from Pat. We have fresh programming? SpeakUpTalkRadio.com. People named Pat are totally trustworthy. So a nationally syndicated radio host only signed his first name? Pat. Or Pat. Their, their I, first uh, name? I love his, listening his to His or her. His or her. Yeah, right, I said oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there. Ambiguous. That's Ambiguous. Right. Absolutely right. They should pay for content, not charge for it. And we have, Thank you, Tasty. Yes. Pat's partner, this Chris. Why, this is why we're not on FM radio anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I said the same thing for three years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll see you later. And then finally, here we are in our <laughs> little closet in Concord. Far from FM. <laughs> All right, that is it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, we've got Tioga Sierra Brewing Company coming on the program. Great beer. Oh, is that what it is? (laughs) Tioga Sequoia. Whatever. Whatever. What did he say? I thought it was Sequoia Tioga. Okay. Is it Sequoia (laughs) Sequoia, Nevada Brewing Company. We got some fucking guys from another place coming into the place with some beer. They make some things. I don't know. Tiger? They might cancel. Wait, which? It's Tioga what? Tioga Sequoia. Thank yeah. you. Their beers uh, are really damn good. Thank you. Their beers are really pencils. good. Tasty, do you have a beer that didn't turn out? That way we can have something to talk about next week? Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe. Just in case they're like, you know what? F those guys. Better have a plan B. <laughs> right. Can't say we'd blame oh, yeah. them. Hey, they're fans. They're, they'll be here with bells on, I'm sure. sure Actually, yeah. they're great guys, and they do make great beers. They're beer, fans, so. they'll be here with nutters on. <laughs> there we go. Ooh. All right, that is it for us. We'll be back next week, and then um, things happen in the meantime. I don't know what. I don't think we have any of the programs airing this week, do we? We did it all last. Come down to Heretic so. on Saturday for the BN yeah. Brew Club Brew Day. There, there you, you go. go. Brew, brew, brew. 
Heretic on Saturday. We're going to be there about 9.30 till 4. Come hang out with us. And uh, thanks, everybody. Good show. Yay. I dislike that. Sky and wind.